Coming up, a fantasy football extravaganza and the tortured soul of Cleveland fans. That's next. This episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast is presented by State Farm. If you ever been in an accident and you're okay, but you know what happened? Your first reaction is going to be, man, why did that happen? If you ever buy a new house or a new car or a new anything, there's this little rush you get when you're like, I did it. I made it happen. But really, the only words you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to help choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast is brought to you by Honey Stinger. This is a show about sports and culture opinions. But right now, I want to talk sports facts, the data, the stats. Honey Stinger, sports nutrition, trusted by more than 1,500 pro and college teams. That's right, 1,500. That's all 32 pro football teams. That's 39 pro basketball teams, 29 pro baseball teams, and more that prepare, perform, and recover with the delicious taste of Honey Stinger's energy waffles, chews, gels, and bars. Honey Stinger is... The one team's trust. Use code Simmons for 20% off your first order at honeystinger.com. That is S-I-M-M-O-N-S for 20% off your first order at honeystinger.com. We're also brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network, where you can find new rewatchables we put up on Monday night. Me, Chris Ryan, and my dad. We did The Equalizer, one of my dad's favorite movies ever. Stealth Boston movie, by the way. So uh, you can check that out. You can also check out a new Spotify podcast that we announced on Tuesday, Strike Force Five. Oh yeah, all the late night hosts: Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon, John Oliver, Seth Meyers, Stephen Colbert. They got together. They had been doing Zooms during the writers' strike, and then they decided, you know what? Maybe this should just be a podcast, and we'll give all the money to uh, our staff, and that's just what we're going to do. All of a sudden, it seemed like a great idea. I remember talking to Jimmy about it and thinking, this is a great idea. This will never actually happen. They'll never actually do this. Well, they did it. And you can follow it on Spotify, Strike Force 5. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Can't wait to listen to this. Super excited. Those five guys all on a Zoom together, just cracking jokes. I'm ready. So there you go. On this podcast, it's the second annual My Guy Fantasy Draft. Craig Korolbeck, Danny Kelly, Danny Heifetz from the Ringer Fantasy Show. We're going to come on. And we're going to talk about all of our guys that we like, dislike, that we're afraid of in the fantasy football season. And then uh, went to Cleveland to find Garrett Bush, who is kind of a big guy there. I got to say, he's, he's kind of a guy. Uh, he's going to tell us what to expect from the Browns, who are the most confusing 2023 team. A lot of that has to do with Deshaun Watson, which Deshaun Watson are we going to get? How do we feel about Deshaun Watson in 2023 just in general? And where is Cleveland sports going? What's happened to them this century? All the good, all the bad. And he's going to lay all of it out for us. So this is a really good podcast. Can't wait first, our friends from Pearl Jam. All right, it's the second annual My Guy Fantasy Draft. Our Ringer Fantasy Show guys are here. Danny Kelly, Danny Heifetz, 
Craig Horlbeck, my rewatchables producer, always nice when he pops on the BS. So we did this last year. We didn't win any awards, but sometimes you don't need to win awards. Sometimes when something's great, when it works, you just kind of know it and we're going to run it back. Uh, Heifetz, you want to explain what this gimmick is? Yeah, it's uh, you text us a bunch of ridiculous categories and then we kind of build an entire show around it. No, it's fun, though. It's just like it's a draft, but it's not a draft. And then it's it's vibes. It's a vibes episode. Yeah, we can agree on this. The concept is like you go into a fantasy draft. We all have the same kind of guides, same kind of rankings. But it doesn't capture the love. It doesn't capture the irrational. I just believe in this guy. It doesn't capture Craig thinking that uh that Pickens is going to end up being Justin Jefferson this year. There's just some things. He already is. Or fear, yeah. PTSD from bad draft picks from the past. Uh, I actually listened to a lot of the pod we did last year, and it was pretty funny hearing some of the guys we were like completely enamored by that ended up being bust. And then there were some other ones that um, I, w- I was surprised by the accuracy of it. Danny Kelly, can you ever be right in a fantasy draft? <laughs> can uh, I ever not- go perfect? One in a million. It's like picking <laughs> stocks, you know. If you get if you get one good one, then you're set. Last year, mine was Ramondre. I, I listened to our show last year too. Feel like I nailed that one. Didn't get some other ones right, so that's you know we don't have to re-litigate those. But Ramondre, I'm calling that one. I, the take I was proudest of last year was fearing Cooper Cup Ooh. after the year mm. that he had, just not liking the scent of something. This veteran experience. <laughs> I've been doing fantasy. I think since like 1989, 1990, something like that. All right, so I'm going to rip through the categories here. And then we're going to go at them one at a time. This is not, it's a draft, but it's not a draft. Because if we all have the same guy for a category, if two of us have it, it's fine. We're okay. Um, The categories are my one true love, the guy that we just like the most, (laughs) my crazy pills guy. Do you want to explain the crazy pills thing, Craig? Uh, I, I think it could go either way, right? It's either you feel like you're taking crazy pills because nobody else likes the guy you like, or it's the other way around where you feel like you're taking crazy pills because everybody likes this guy and you don't understand it at all. Right. So yeah, there's a little variance on that one. You can go either way. There's the, my, I absolutely hate myself for doing this guy, <laughs> which seems to happen over and over again in fantasy where you go in a drive and like, well, I'm not going to end up with Russell Wilson. Uh, that was the example I used last year. It could be the example I used again this year. I'm, I'm not even going to spend a dollar for Russell Wilson. Then it gets to the 17th round if you're in a booger eater draft or, you know, you, you have $5 left for five guys. And then it's like, ah, Russell Wilson, Sean Payton. And all of a sudden you have Russell Wilson and you have no idea how he ended up on your team. So that is the, my absolutely hate myself for doing this guy. Uh, there's the, I'm going to add this category. It's a little subcategory. The, I'm staying away from that whole team team. There's teams where you're just like, I'm out. I'm just blind out. I don't want have one person from that team. I'll see. We'll see if we agree on that team. Then we have the my shameless Homer pick guy. That's going to be really, I, I mean, Craig, <laughs> you don't even have to go. Uh, although there could be their tickets like plus 500. But I think we know Pickens yeah. is going to be there. There's the my, I wouldn't take him even if he was free guy. So you're putting him on your DND. Do not draft list. I had McCaffrey as my guy for this last year, which looked brilliant for about six weeks. Then he got traded. <laughs> a machine of an offense. We have the, my, that 2022 booty call isn't happening again guy, which is a new category for this year. This is the, 
you stumbled into somebody in the free agent auction, maybe in November, you rode them for a couple of weeks, some fond memories, but you know, it was a one night stand or, you know, it was a, a three week <laughs> stand and you're not going back. Then we have the, this is a classic one. The, somebody's got to get points on that team guy. We just look at all the teams. You're like, well, I don't know. Everybody scores 300 Someone's points. catching passes yes. on that team. Someone's yeah. rushing for 970 yards. There is the, my sorry, I'm sorry, that's too rich for my blood guy, where you look at the draft guide and you see some of the salaries next to the guys and you go, wait, $47? So Najee Harris was my guy for this last year and I was proud of that one. There's the, my $1 QB guy. You're not, he's not going to make it break your draft but you're also kind of secretly stashing away in your head. And we all have our $1 QB. There is the, my, I'd be afraid to look on Tuesday and see the red flag guy, which I've added this year. I didn't even tell you about this category. <laughs> you take the guy and it's going great. Eloy Jimenez is the ultimate baseball example. Of this It's going great. <laughs> you're feeling awesome. And then you go on there on a Tuesday and there's the red flag with the yellow box that there's news. And you're just like, oh no, oh God. What happened? And there's certain guys who just, it happens every year. A cousin of that, the, my, I know there's a 99% chance he's getting hurt again, but God damn, I can't resist this guy guy. <laughs> then we have the, my Cooper cup. It's a year after the year guy. So I named this category after Cooper cup. So who is it this year? They had their year last year. Don't do it again. Don't get sucked in. Five more. The, my, I just want everyone on that offense. I don't care guy. The, my, it's a year too early, but fuck it guy. The my missionary position, we've all had him guy. The my, I fell for the preseason hype guy. And then finally the my, I'd never root for an injury, but he is one injury away. <laughs> that guy. All right. So we're going to start with my one true love. We're going to go and we're going to go in one, two, three, four on the zoom. And then for the second round, then the second guy will go. Danny Kelly, you're up. All right. My one true love. Who is it? I got to go with Tony Pollard. For the Cowboys. <laughs> I'm irrationally in me love too. with this guy. I, I've been saying it. I think there's nothing you can say will convince me that he's not the best player in the NFL. Like, <laughs> like just pound for pound, the best player in the NFL. Um, you know, last year he finished as the RB7. This year he's going to be playing, I, I think, more snaps, getting way more opportunities. If he can get up to like the same level of opportunities as Eckler and CMC, you know, because he's in that style of runner, I think. This guy could finish as a top three running back in the NFL. And so I am, I'm just like full, as uh, Gettleman said, full bloom in love with Tony Pollard. I, I just can't, I can't help it. So in the Ringer Fantasy he's Guide, he's 13th right now and he's going for $42 in auction. So you think that's low? Yeah, I would, well, I, I would push I, that I actually up. had Pollard too. I have Pollard too. <laughs> wow, we all know Pollard. Did, wait, did you too, Crick? I'm scared now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, well, that's, that's Th the This is a that's sign a that's, yeah, this is a terrible sign. But this, I just, I mean, just to pile on to DK stats here, Zeke had 12 touchdowns last year and Nick and Tony Pollard was a top 10 running back. Like, what else do you need to hear? Like, every time Tony Pollard was on the field, he was the best running back in the league. And now Zeke's gone. Like, I rest my case. This is the pregame show where they all pick the same team to win I know. Night football <laughs> and then that team loses. So you should probably stay away from Tony Pollard. Wait, so... All three of you had Tony Pollard for this? Yeah, I could give you some. We did not discuss this before coming on. I didn't expect that. <laughs> oh my God. Talk about You know what sucks thing. about this? Jesus. You know what's 
You know what sucks about this is that means when I, I have my big auction draft in a week and all my friends are going to be listening to this. And when Tony Pollard comes up, I'm not going to get him because they're all going to bid him up. Going he's going to be $57 if I want to get him. Yeah. Well, Bill's like, oh my God. Well, here's the, the argument. Rich Rebar, who uh, works for Warren Sharp, he's at Sharp Football Analysis and he is a really good comp, which is basically... Melvin Gordon was playing ahead of Austin Eckler for years and everyone was begging for Austin Eckler to get the job. And then Austin Eckler finally got the job and the Chargers got rid of Melvin Gordon. And then Austin Eckler still wasn't really a first round pick. And we talked ourselves out of it. We hemmed it on. This is Tony Pollard again. It's like Zeke is finally, after five years, out of Dallas. And we're like, yeah, any point in the second round you get Tony Pollard, that's actually crazy. Like, honestly, you could get him for 45 bucks. Austin Eckler's going to go for 60. Tony Pollard would probably just be better than Austin Eckler this year. I... I, I kind of genuinely mean this. Tony Pollard should maybe be the first pick in fantasy football. <laughs> <laughs> Rank him there, you, you can convince me. Kind of genuinely. Well, he does have a he, great he, offensive line. There are going to be a couple games against bad teams where he, you know, you have him on Thanksgiving or something and he puts up the four touchdown, 180-yard game. I can see it. So I guess I'm up then because you guys all agree. <laughs> you can have anybody you want. My one true love this year, Jalen Hurts of the Philadelphia Eagles, Ooh. who I also like for MVP. So last year he missed two games and they also blew out what, what was it, DK, like seven, eight team, seven, eight games where they just like in the fourth quarter, they didn't even really have to play offense. They were just kind of running exactly. out the string. Yeah, I don't think their defense is going to be as good this year. Shil Kapati on the, uh, on the NFL show has been talking about this. I think it's going to be better than he thinks, but it won't be as good. And their schedule's tougher. But, you know, is it possible that he's like a 4,000, 1,000 guy with some sort of combination of 40 TD? Like, everyone agrees they have the best offensive line in the league. Everyone agrees the 1-2 AG, AJ Brown, Devonta Smith punch is way up there. And I'm seeing like Schrager on TV this week was saying, uh, Devonta Smith, this is the year he jumps up to the chase class. So we have that. We have Dallas Goddard, who everybody thinks is the best all-around tight end in the league, the guy who actually blocks and plays three downs. Running backs, whatever. Put anyone behind there and they'll gain, gain 80 yards. And then he's going to get a lot of the goal line carries. I think he's my top QB this year. I think I would take him before everybody else. So I don't even think it's that controversial. What do you think of that one? He is. No, I think you're right. Yeah. I think the key point you have there is that he barely played in the fourth quarter last year. That's the key thing. He was already, this, the, the, in a per-game basis, he was the best quarterback in fantasy last year, and he barely played the fourth quarter. Yeah. So you could argue he hasn't even reached the ceiling yet. He's our number one guy uh, on the guide right now, I believe. Yeah, shameless plug for fantasyfootball.300.com. He's our 21st player. We have like all our rankings there. And yeah, they, he has the highest floor and the highest ceiling. And my favorite stat about Jalen Hurts, other than 18 rushing touchdowns in 18 games last year, Jalen Hurts had more games over 30 points than under 20. That's everything you want in a quarterback. Well, so he's number one in our guide, but I still feel like in a draft, Mahomes is going over him because of the Mahomes. Yeah. It's just the most fun to have Mahomes. The R. But I, I actually think that's a little nuts this year. DK, Hurts yeah. is, I think, either 12 to one or 11 to one on FanDuel for MVP. Mm -hmm. And I think those odds are the most out of whack of all the MVP odds because that's, if you're going to say the MVP is going to come from an awesome team, they're probably one of the five teams that has a chance to go 13 and four, 14 and three, something like that. He, they have the most talent on offense. I think of 
any team that's going to be in the MVP conversation. And we've seen him get better every year. So why is he 11 to 1, 12 to 1? Shouldn't he be like 6 to 1, 7 to 1? Shouldn't he be where Josh Allen is? I don't, is it just because of the previous like impressions that he was a, what was he, a third round pick or second round pick? And right. maybe he'll hold, hold on to that for too long. Or maybe it's just because he's surrounded by such a good team. I don't know. Um, mm. But yeah, like you said, he's improved pretty much every season he's been playing, even going back to college. Um, you know, from everything that we've heard, he is maniacal about like working and leadership and just all the things, all the intangibles. And then of course, you know, if he takes a jump as a passer this year, um, you know, that's going to be huge for him because he's already like one of the best running quarterbacks. He's double digit rushing touchdowns in the last two years. Uh, you know, everything about him screams just, you know, like the face of the franchise. He's, he's everything they want. And so I could see it like from a narrative point of view, for sure. It reminds me of what you used to have with Russell Wilson when he was alive. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, All right, Hi, Fitz, you're on the yeah. clock here. Next category is my crazy pills guy. Can go either way. You feel like you're taking crazy pills. You don't understand why more people don't like them or you're taking crazy pills because you can't believe this many people like them. <laughs> one look. It's all one look. Yeah, my crazy, my crazy pills guy. It's Christian Watson for the Packers. I, I just feel like I'm taking crazy Ooh. pills because all these second year sexy receivers are everyone that like all these receivers, they're cool as rookies. They second year, we expect them to take a huge jump. Garrett Wilson with Aaron Rodgers, obviously a top 15 player. Chris Olave expected to be great with Derek Carr, top 20, 25 players. Christian Watson, you know, I mean, we're probably even, I, I, I mean, we got Christian Watson, you know, as like a top 50, top 60 player. And I look at Christian Watson and I just see a guy that could just be fantastic. It was like, cause he had eight touchdowns in four games and then Aaron Rodgers leaving. Everyone's like, well, he'll be worse. And then he won't have eight touchdowns in four games again. But Bill, I'm going to read you a list. I feel like you love lists with good guys on it. So here's a list yeah. of yards <laughs> per route run, which is the best receiver stat we got. I got this from JJ Zacharyson. Receivers who had 2.25 yards per route run as a rookie, just straight up since we had the stat 15 years ago. The receivers who had that, Odell Beckham Jr. did it as a rookie, Tyreek Hill, A.J. Brown, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Chris Olave, and Christian Watson. It's the entire list. And so, so I, I had that, him... I had him in fantasy and I picked him up, I think like week six, week seven range. And then I thought he was one of the people that was kind of carrying me. And I, so I would watch the Packers game and he would make two like genuinely exciting plays a game. Like it would be like they almost connected on a 60 yard bomb or there was like a screen pass or a bubble screen and he would just take off. But I thought he was electric. I really thought he got exciting as it went along. So I'm with you. You agree with this, Craig? Uh, yeah, I do. I, I actually, I'm, uh, Heifetz has kind of brainwashed me into being a Jordan Love believer, and I'm now kind of in on the Packers offense, Welcome even though the they're club. all young and completely oh, yeah. inexperienced. But yeah. Piano necktie, yeah. too. I got you going to kill the prime minister and everything. All right. Uh, Craig, who do you have for my crazy pills? I don't know why we're trying to still make Kyle Pitts be a thing. <laughs> you know, it's like fetch from Mean Girls. Stop trying to make Kyle Pitts a thing. It's not a thing. Art, uh, Lombardi just said it on your show. The Arthur Smith is telling us who he is. Let's just believe him, you know? Yeah. I don't know why we think it's going to be any different than it was last year for Kyle Pitts. What's changed? The, the, the guy's coming off a torn MCL. Desmond Ritter's the quarterback. We don't know if he's better than Marcus Mariota. They just spent a first-round pick on the best running back since Saquon Barkley. And they're in the most run-heavy offense in the league. And Desmond Ritter, by the way, 
All he does is check down to running backs, much more than Mariota, which means less targets for Kyle Pitts. We just need to believe what Arthur Smith is telling us. I know we don't want to, but I'm out on Kyle Pitts. I like it. My crazy pills guy, and this is basically coming from listening to your podcast (laughs) where you guys talk about this person like uh, Tom Cruise talks about David Miscavige. Brandon Cooks. (laughs) And it, Brandon Cooks is a great zag name. And you guys have done this a few times where you're like, oh, get, here's a stat. Guess who? There's four receivers who've had 5,000-yard seasons of the last seven, blah, 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 and Brandon Cooks. And then it's like, guess who wide receiver 17 was last year? Brandon Cooks. Well, he was playing in Houston in garbage time for most of the year where, you know, putting up, God only knows, he had all that concussion stuff, which is the reason he kind of bounced around, where, you know, he's had injuries, concussions, all kinds of things. And then Dallas gets him at a pretty cheap price because he's Brandon Cooks, who's, he's got, he's gotten passed around. And then a couple months pass, and then we get to August, and everybody's like, watch out, Brandon Cooks. I'm just telling you, he's not going to be on my team. <laughs> I feel like you guys are taking crazy wow. pills. I, I think he plays nine <laughs> games. I'm fine with that, honestly. DK, who you got? <laughs> uh, I've got Najee Harris. He's got oh, one that's speed. Too easy. Oh, too what easy. speed? Doesn't anyone notice this? He's got one speed. <laughs> too easy. <laughs> I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. I, to me, so this is just purely the what we did with Zeke and Pollard. And again, I know this is me talking about Pollard again, but this we did this for like three years with Pollard and Zeke. Like Pollard is better than Zeke. Can we stop with this charade? So that's my crazy pills guy. I love it. I have, uh, there's more on that in a later category. My, I absolutely hate myself for doing this guy. Who is it, Craig? Who is it for you? Yeah, it's, it's, it's Michael Thomas. I, I'm here. I, I'm <laughs> yeah, doing it. He's like $3 now. Last year, I spent like $25 on him. Now he's three bucks. How can I say no to that? The, the man is, is cocky enough to play in the preseason, which is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen is that after missing the last three seasons, they're just throwing him out there in preseason. But what? Look, I, I'm, I'm, I'm simply a man. I'm only a man. He's three dollars. I have to do it. I have to. <laughs> this is like uh, I just got to do it. This is like Julio Jones last year. We see that there's that one receiver every year who is like three years ago. He did this and he usually doesn't work. Look, he played three games last year. He caught three touchdowns. I'm just, I got to do it. <laughs> um, mine is Cooper Cup. Because yeah. there's, a, there's a fantasy draft world where you don't get Jefferson, you don't get Chase, you don't get Tyreek Hill. Then it's like, I'll get Garrett Wilson. Oh my God, he went for $43. I'm not doing that. And all of your favorite receivers go in a row. And then it's like Cooper Cup. And he's just sitting there and it's like 31, 32. It's like, oh my God, Cooper Cup, he broke every record two years ago. Like, I I mean, I can't let him go for 37, 38. And then all of a sudden you have Cooper Cup and you realize like two games in that the Rams have 30 backup players and a quarterback <laughs> who is breaking down and Sean McVay might be tanking for Caleb Williams and Cooper Cup, who has had a bunch of injuries over the last couple of years. Now you got the red flag next to him and you're like, my God, why did I spend $37 on Cooper Cup? So that is my guy. Who do you have, DK? I'm going with Gabriel Davis. Mm. I'm, I'm back in. I've talked myself into oh, the idea. No. I've talked myself into the idea that he was hurt last year and that's why he wasn't good. Uh, not because he's not good. It's just because he was hurt. And 
basically, I'm just I want to I want options on the Bills team. They pass a lot. Uh, Josh Allen passes deep, explosive plays. We've seen in very short spurts how absolutely ridiculously, you know, explosive Gabe Dave can be as a downfield receiver. You know, there's there's all that, and that's why we talked ourselves into him last year. Obviously, he was a big disappointment last season, but he did have a high ankle sprain in week two and was basically never the same after that. And now he's healthy. I don't know. He, to me, looks like a big bounce back guy and I'm going to hate myself for drafting him, but I'm absolutely doing it this year. You like that one, Danny? I freaking love Gabe Davis. I, I, <laughs> at the end of the day, Gabe Davis was a top 60 pick last year. It didn't work out, but nothing has literally changed about why he was a top 60 pick and now he's like a top 100 pick. So it's like, I, I'm in a DK. Mm. I hate myself less for Gabe Davis. The guy actually, I, the guy I have for this, I actually also have Michael Thomas, just like Greg. I, <laughs> Michael Thomas, there was a story on ESPN today. Michael Thomas explaining why he had this one ankle injury that kept him out for three years. And he said that they put, kept putting these implants into his feet and ankle and his body was rejecting the, the devices they were putting in. And I remember reading it and thinking, I wish I could, like my body would reject Michael Thomas, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about speaking of Saints, I thought about Alvin Kamara for my pick. Because <laughs> I I know he's out for three for three games, right? So his price I'm in. his price is instantly discounted. So you think like, ah, oh, I'll just stash him for three weeks. I'll have him for the playoffs. There was all that what was that story about how he realized his yeah. arm, his leg was more muscular <laughs> his than the legs. other leg? He solved that. Yeah, one leg weighed two pounds more than the other leg and he changed his heart rate. I'm I'm in on all that mumbo jumbo. I, yeah. I buy into all that. <laughs> I already hate Bill, myself. Did you Did you read that and re- and wonder why your cryo place doesn't like weigh your legs and figure that out for you? I'm going to ask them the next time I go if they can weigh my all my appendages to see what's going on. Uh, we're going to uh we're going to take a break and come back. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, new customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. So we're going to be doing a bunch of futures that I will give you, I think, either Thursday or Sunday. We're going to have a special page on FanDuel whole bunch of stuff we love. There's one parlay I had to make uh, a, to make the playoffs parlay that I'm super excited about. Can't wait to tell you about. And just stay tuned. But for week one, um, you know, do you just do you just short Arizona every week? Are they going to be the last winless team? What do we do on that? I kind of love the Steelers at home against the Niners, but there there's a bunch of them. We're going to talk about them on Guess the Lines on Sunday. I'm going to be doing million-dollar picks as well on Thursdays. And all those lines that we're going to use are from FanDuel. It's the best time to join. The app is easy to use. You can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash BS and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. You must be 21 plus and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is not withdrawable. Bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. NFL Sunday ticket offer ends 9-18-23. No refunds, terms, and embargoes apply. $100 off NFL Sunday ticket, not YouTube TV. YouTube TV base plan required to watch YouTube TV. Redemption requires a Google account. Current form of payment, commercial use excluded. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer partner of the NBA. It's just what you need to sit back and enjoy the game. And they're also getting fans closer to the game than ever. 
You can win exclusive NBA prizes like courtside seats, signed memorabilia, and more. I love Michelob because of how light it is. It's only 95 calories with 2.6 carbs. You know what the perfect time for Michelob Ultra is? A little doubleheader, a little NBA doubleheader. Right? First half of the first game. I don't know. West Coast time, that's usually about 5 o'clock, 5.30. Perfect time for a beer. You can do it. Grab a pack to enjoy today. Learn more and enter for your chance to win at MichelobUltra.com slash courtside, LDA, 21 and up. My, I'm staying away from that whole team team. The choices are Arizona and Carolina and maybe Houston, although I think we all like Damian Pierce. So it's it's probably Carolina and Arizona in the finals. Is there any other team you would be running away from? 49ers. It's Arizona. 49ers. <laughs> so who do you have? DK, Arizona's Carolina. running away from themselves. Yeah. <laughs> Carolina or Arizona, who are you running away from? Uh, I had Carolina, number one, with a bullet. Like that. So really? Yeah. I, to, so I know that I recognize and I'm aware that preseason doesn't always translate to the regular season, but my God, they looked very bad in the preseason, at least early, you know, early on. And to me, it's just this is going to be the offensive line wasn't working right. The rookie quarterback, uh, brand new receivers in a new system. I don't know. To me, it's just is, there's a low ceiling on any of these guys that you're picking. And I don't overly love any of them anyway. So I'm just absolutely staying away from this team. So I agree with, D- with uh, DK. Because you would think Arizona is the blink test. That's who I'm going to stay away from. But Kyler's going to come back at some point. Yep. And then he'll run around and do stuff. And you might be able to get him on your waiver wire for a dollar. And who knows? There is no scenario where I'll have a Carolina Panther on my team this year. I'm just telling you now. It's not happening. Heifetz, you agree or disagree? I, the only guy I might want is Jonathan Mingo is their second-round pick, who, again, you could probably get literally last round of your draft, a dollar, you can get him off waivers, and that he might be pretty good. He, he's kind of like the DK Metcalf, uh, A.J. Mm. Brown, Van at Ole Miss, or Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham, where I think he could have better stats as a rookie in the NFL than he did in college. But... I actually like what you said about the Panthers because there's a weird like nobody believes in us thing that happens when a team that's tanking and then kind of like we saw last year with um, the Texans when they won that game where the team's like, you know what? No, we're going to win. Our Even our GM and our owner want us to lose. But the Panthers, it's more like the players like, oh, my God, this is the plan. And actually, like the depression and sadness seeps into the team even quicker. <laughs> yeah, the, I don't try to overrate preseason, but they were such a dumpster fire in preseason and couldn't block and they're throwing a rookie QB. I think they have the worst skill guys in the league. Um, I just don't see a path for them to be good. Craig, who do you have? Carolina or Arizona? Arizona. I mean, can anyone in the country name who's going to be the starting quarterback for the Cardinals for the first half of the season? <laughs> might it's going to be Clayton Toon. It might be Bailey Zappi. Well, we they we just cut Colt McCoy. It's going to be Clayton Toon or Josh Dobbs who showed up on, oh, on property a week ago. Josh Bailey hasn't Zappi. been there long enough to get like direct deposit yet. He hasn't even been there for I, two Fridays. I'm not sure Kyler's coming back. This team uh, wants to tank and get Caleb Williams. Kyler Murray might have some complications with his knee come week seven, and he's out for the second half of the season. <laughs> Next category, my shameless homer pick. So I'm a Patriots fan. DK, Seattle. Heifetz, Giants. Craig, Steelers. I think Ramondre is, doesn't qualify for this because Ramondre is fucking good. Mm. I can't put him on this. I'm going to go with Kendrick Bourne. There's mm, been like a that. lot of comeback buzz for this guy. Uh, he was 
I thought good two years ago. Nobody who roots for the Pats understood why he didn't play last year and what happened with him in the doghouse. This this year, great preseason, like mini camp, all that stuff. Really good preseason. Rave reviews and even grouchy Bill Belichick singled him out today as having had uh, a really good camp. And I think, you know, everybody went nuts that they didn't get Hopkins. I think their receivers are going to be pretty good this year. I think especially the younger guys, uh, Craig just made a face. The, uh, they have some speed and I think Bourne, I don't think they're going to miss Jacoby Myers at all. And, and uh, I think Bourne's a sneaky like $1 guy at the end who might end up having a lot of those eight for 78 with a TD type game. So that's my guy. Who do you got, DK? Well, if Ramondre is too much of a obvious one, I was going to say uh, Kenneth Walker, but should I say someone a little less obvious than that? No, Kenneth Walker's good. Make the case, because I don't think people realize how good he is. Yeah. Or some so people don't. That's kind of where I am. I think a lot of people are very scared off by the idea that the, or the fact that they uh, drafted Charbonnet in the second round, the Seahawks did. And, you know, a lot of people are kind of scared off of Walker. He's not a huge guy in the passing game. Um, and they think, you know, Charbonnet is going to come in and steal a lot of his work, which I think in any backfield, you're going to have a rotation these days. Like there's two backfields in the NFL where it's one guy getting everything. And so I think that was always sort of a given. The Seahawks just had a lot of depth issues at running back and they took a guy in the second round who they liked, which they've done several times. I think they've drafted more running backs actually than any other team in the last like 10 years. And so mm. this is just what the Seahawks do. But for me, Walker is just head and shoulders, more dynamic more explosive and more talented than Charbonnet. I, it's, not, I, it's not that I dislike Charbonnet. I actually think he's a very good player. But I think Kenneth Walker just blows him out of the water, in my opinion, from a talent and explosiveness. And we saw that as a rookie. You know, he was he would turn a, a play that should have been a three-yard loss into like a 20-yard gain very consistently. And, you know, people are going to talk about his success rate, which I think is valid, certainly, uh, around the goal line and all that. But, you know, I think if you look at those plays, the individual plays, they were just like, the Seahawks just didn't block for him on those plays. It wasn't necessarily something he did. So to me, I'm very bullish. I'm, I'm above market on Kenneth Walker. I think he's a really good player. I think the Seahawks offense is really good. And I think Geno's going to be, you know, taking that next step and be even more efficient than he was last year because he's going to have the whole offseason to work with this team. So I think the Seahawks quietly are, uh, you know, a team that's going to score a lot of points. And I think Kenneth Walker is going to really benefit from that. I thought he was electric last season. Yeah. Really, really exciting. I'm interested to see because it de does seem like they beef things up a little bit. So we'll see. Hi, Fitz, who do you have? You know, Bill, I was too young to see, you know, Frank Sinatra at concert. And, you know, I wasn't there to like see the live moon landing, but I did see the first drive where Daniel Jones and Darren Waller played <laughs> together. And I feel like I, I, I know how it feels now. So I know Darren Waller is like the first giant being drafted. I get that. But, um, I, I hope to everyone listening right now will bring will join me in the communal experience of participating in the Darren Waller 2023 NFL season. <laughs> he, uh, I mean, we talked about him in last year's pod and there was a <laughs> lot more suspicion and dubiousness of, but all of us like him and he was incredible <laughs> three years ago. I'm in. Here's the I, difference. I'm with you. John to me, it's one of the reasons I think the Giants are a playoff team this year. He, Darren Waller did not like Josh. McDaniels and he didn't like the Raiders and there were a lot of issues with the contract stuff and he's on the Giants he's happy Brian Dable knows how to get him the ball and it's just look if, if I told you every every if fantasy rankings imagine if every single player is guaranteed to play 17 games where would you take Darren Waller 
because I kind of think he'd be a top 30, maybe a top 25 player. The, there's a 50 spot gap, basically, out of the fear that he misses games. What if he doesn't? I was talking to a Giants fan friend, and he was like, we're using him like Kelsey. And I was like, well, there's only one Kelsey. And, and the Giants fan friend said, this year there's going to be two. <laughs> That's the level of optimism <laughs> for Darren Waller. Craig, do you even need to go or should we just move on? We have to talk about him. He's the best player in the league. We, we have to dedicate a couple <laughs> minutes to him. Sure. Has anyone won the preseason more than George Pickens, man? I, my, I, I, my favorite type of guy is the former five-star who got hurt in college and then dropped in the drafts. And then he gets picked by a team in the second or third round. And he's just immediately good and everybody regrets not drafting him earlier. That's George Pickens. Maybe the only knock on him is that he might be better in real life than in fantasy because they kind of just send him deep like yeah. all day, every game. But my God, uh, <laughs> he's officially joined the the hold the ball in one hand club. All the best receivers only hold the ball with one hand. George Pickens is already going up, catching balls, coming down with just one hand on the way down. Uh, sky's the limit for George. We talked about him in last year's pod. But last year's pod, the QBs were Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett. We had no idea if Kenny Pickett was going to be anything. And that was the the catch was like, well, this is one of the worst quarterback situations in the league. So that's the asterisk. I like Pickett. I mean, Warren Sharp had that clip that he put on Twitter of all of Pickett's preseason throws. Who, who was it? Solak? Zolak's father said he's... Reminded him of Joe Montana. That was an actual dad <laughs> quote from Solak's father. You watch he's the got clip Moxie. and you're like, he's not not Montana as you're watching it. <laughs> uh, I'm uh, with you on He's picking. got something to him. Yeah. The whole Steelers offense, I think, is uh, underrated heading into this year. The problem with Pickens is he's going to be too expensive because two people are just going to get no pissing war over who gets him and he'll end up going for $5 more than he should. He's he's been he's going too hard in preseason. He's like the guy dunking in warmups before like a <laughs> pick game, and everyone's yeah. just like, "All right, well, this guy's the first pick now." Well, he reminds me of like in baseball where it's like Ellie De La Cruz comes in, you're like, "Wow, that guy's amazing! What an athlete! So much fun!" Football occasion will have these guys just pop in, and we're like, "Whoa, look at this guy!" I can't wait for Pickens. Um, okay, next one. My I wouldn't take him even if he was free. Guy, aka the DND list. DK, who do you got? Who's on your DND list? Who's your number one? So Craig's gonna be mad at me about this, but it's Cam Akers for the Rams. Mm. Oh. I'm just, I'm just off. I'm off that train. I, I, there was a point in time <laughs> in my life when I really liked Cam Akers, uh, but there's just so many reasons for me to fade him this year. You know, even past like the whole like personality thing where he trying to kind of quit on the team last year. He was like away from the team for a while. They rekindled, like him and Sean McVay rekindled their relationship. I don't know what the hell happened there. But like just past that, I think the Rams are going to have to pass a lot this year because their defense isn't going to be very good. They're going to be playing from behind. They have like yeah. 30 undrafted free agents on their roster. And I don't know. To me, it's just that's a little bit worrisome. I think they're probably going to be, they're going to have to lean on the pass a little bit more. I think Kyron Williams is going to be the guy that they lean in that, lean on for that in, in terms of their running backs. And so I don't know. Just there's just too many red flags. With, with him and then he's also a guy who came off of Achilles so you know not to steal from another category but it's like as soon as the red flag as soon as the red cross pops up next to his name I'm just going to be worried the rest of the season on him I just don't want to have to deal with it 
And there was some weird chemistry stuff with him and McVeigh last year too, which they yeah. sorted out. But there was three weeks there where he was available for basically anything. Who do you got, Heifetz? I I don't want Deshaun Watson on my team this year, man. I, I fantasy football is supposed to be fun, and I'm going to be staring at my TV, and I'm going to be like rooting for Deshaun Watson. I'm like, I don't want this dude on my team this year. Especially like if you're going to sell your soul, at least make sure the person's freaking good. It's like the idea of Deshaun Watson being bad and on your team. I can't imagine a worse feeling of like ruining your entire like four month fantasy season. I'm like, there there are more quarterbacks now that are good in the NFL than maybe at any point in NFL history. I'm like, just take anyone else, anyone. It's fine. I like that pick. Who do you got, Craig? I wouldn't accept money from Michael Pittman this year. <laughs> I don't want anything to do with the that. Cold was your number one game. guy last year. That was that was your uh, the pendulum. That your my true love last year. <laughs> Yeah, it was. It didn't exactly work out. Not exactly his fault. I still think he's a good player, but I just, I don't love what, Anthony Richardson on the ground is maybe the best running quarterback we've ever seen. Through the air, he might be the worst. And I don't like anything I've seen in the preseason from Richardson passing. This offense on the Colts this year feels like the the Bears last year. It's going to be like running the Navy offense. Yeah. I don't want anything to do with Michael Pittman. He's way too expensive. (laughs) Also, you didn't mention this piece with Pittman. I mean, not not the most uh, durable guy. And Richardson no. has a couple of those throws. Like I'm wide open over the middle. Now I'm jumping now up for the pass that's <laughs> over my head, and I'm getting blasted by safety. <laughs> Stay away. Yeah. So I really wanted to take Jonathan Taylor here, but there is the McCaffrey 2022 <laughs> trade possibility where all of a sudden he's on some awesome team, and somebody has him for 19 bucks in fears. So I'm not taking him. So I was really proud of this pick. It's Kadarius Tony. Boo. So there's th- there's three <laughs> outcomes for a, a fantasy c- receiver like Kadarius Tony, right? One is he just never lives up to the hype and it's just super disappointing and you just regret that you take him. The second is that it's amazing and it actually works out and he plays 16 weeks, including the playoffs when you need him, those last three. And it's just you struck oil, you hit a home run. And then there's the third one, which is the worst, which is... The guy who tempts you, he tantalizes you <laughs> with two or three weeks where he has like in week four, he has six catches for 190 yards and three TDs. And you're like, oh my God, I did it. I fucking landed on the moon with Kadarius Tony. And then in week seven, the red flag's up. And then it's like he, he missed an injury rehab session. He's been suspended by the team for 72 hours. And then he misses week eight. And then there's another injury. And then now he's just hogging my roster spot because I have no idea if he's going to come back or not. But he was the guy that had 190 yards in week three. So I have to hold on. I don't want it. I'm out. I'm just out. I don't want to deal with it. Other people I, I still it. dream about, I, I still dream about his game against Dallas in 2020. I believe it was week four. He had like 150 yards. He looked like the best receiver I've ever seen in my life. That one game. I still think about Craig? that game and I, I still hope to get there one day. You know what? Kadarius Tony's a drug. He's kind of like salvia. He distorts time because Craig and DK talk about Kadarius Tony's greatness like Michael Thomas's greatness, except it, you know, salvia, it's like 10 minutes. It feels like three hours. I'm like, dude, he had two good games like two years ago. And I'm just, I, 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 I'm completely. He was also like the third most important player on the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, mind you. And and won them the game practically. The Chiefs played him for like five snaps in the game. He was they had two weeks to prep him for the game. And he oh my, don't even get me started. You know what he is? Bill Hill what? He's the new Josh Gordon. I mean, different different issues, but 
he's just so tantalizing and teams talk themselves into him and you just, I just don't trust it. I don't Here's what I'll it. say. That. Josh Gordon, but he's allowed to play, but he's just right. doesn't anyway. This cat, this category is called, I wouldn't take him even if he was free. He practically is. You can get him for a dollar or two. Who cares? It's worth a flyer. But DK, but it's, it's, it's a this, gateway this is, drug. This is the problem with the Chiefs, DK, as I look at them big picture, because I talked about this Lombardi on Sunday. Let, my, I picked them in the Super Bowl last year, and the theory was their receivers are just good enough, and Mahomes is so mm -hmm. great, and their offensive line is going to be good that he'll make it work. But now I feel like we've passed the point of no return to the to the degree that if they don't hit with Tony or one of their rookies doesn't actually like blossom into a major, major dude, who's catching the ball other than Kelsey? I cannot figure yeah. it out. Who's the who what receiver do you trust the most on the Chiefs? Probably Sky Moore. But yes. again, we, we haven't really seen him yet. You who know, he barely played as a rookie. Yeah, he he lined up I, wrong in the Super Bowl and still caught a touchdown. But I to me, yeah, I think. So the Kadarius Tony thing is more of a bit than us being actually serious, but he, I will say the way he moves is very, yeah, rare. totally a bit. <laughs> he's, no, he, he does. He has rare. It. When you movement. watch a play, yeah. it's like, all right, this guy's pretty special. And then I, he's I on the sideline. I think the one thing that the one actual analytical thing I will say about him is I think he's good on the scramble plays on the broken plays when Mahomes gets outside of pocket, extends plays. And that's really a huge part of Mahomes' game. Tony's always seems to be in the right place when those plays happen. Maybe it's because he's in the wrong place where he was supposed to be running. But that, to me, that's the one like actual analytical thing I'd say other than he moves differently than everyone else on the field is that's what gets me excited about Tony. Craig, I'm, but, you know what? Fantasy football is enough pain and heartache <laughs> and self-doubt and hating yourself. I don't need to also bring Kadarius Tony into that. I don't need to be tantalized by this talented dude. All right, next category. My, that 2022 booty call, is it happening again, guy? I don't even know if this category is going to work, but Heifetz, who did you have a nice fling with last year that you're probably good and it's not going to happen again? Oh my God, dude. It's, it's, mentioned him earlier. It's Kyle Pitts for the Falcons. Like I got all hot and heavy and I was like really excited about it. Jared Freed, who just has a Netflix special, uh, calls it the oof, which is, you know, you hook up with someone and they do something in the morning where you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I just did that. Kyle Pitts. I mean, I, the fact that I was even associated with him last year. He had fewer yards per game than Khalif Raymond. Like, I, I just... Fewer catches per game than Ben Skoranek, who's a receiver most famous for also being able to play fullback. And I'm just like, you know what? Kyle Pitts is texting me again, and you're seeing all these, like, Instagram stories, and they're popping up, and I'm like, I'm going to tell the algorithm to, like, please stop showing me Kyle Pitts. Well, you don't have to sell me on that one. I had him on every team last year. And <laughs> it's a reason I didn't take home any titles. Who do you got, Craig? Uh, it's James Cook, because every year I talk myself into thinking that a Bills running back could be good in fantasy football, and every year I get let down. Um, oh, it's Zach Moss this year. Oh, Devin Singletary, he's the guy. He's going to get all the touches. I don't want anything to do with it. Josh Allen is the goal line back in Buffalo. He's not going to check down to his running back because he's scrambling all around and improvising 24-7. James Cook... Is is just another one of those guys. I, I'm I'm going to ignore it this year, and I'm going to ignore it every year until Josh Allen's not the quarterback on the Bills. I like it. So I have a I have a nice one. Uh, the guy on Heifetz's team, Hodgins. I had nice nice little dalliance with him near the end of the year when all of a sudden they were throwing to him all the time, and I like him. I think he's talented, but I think that's good, where it's going to end. I think we're going to stay friends, yeah. <laughs> and that's it. it was, Who do you got? It was DK? just a one time thing. Uh, I'm going with Jamal Williams. 
who is mm, now, that's now a good on one. the Saints. He yeah, had, that's a good one. It's telling these guys today. He had 45 carries inside the 10 yard line this last year, which was by far the most in the NFL. And that ain't happening again. You know, it's just lightning. It's not going to strike twice with this. I think he's a solid player. He's one of the most fun players to listen to in terms of interviews. He's really funny. Great personality. I just don't think it's happening in New Orleans. They've got Alvin Kamara coming back after three games. Uh, Kendra Miller, who they drafted. I don't know. It just it seems like he's going to be a role player and that's it. And so I'm not I'm just not going to try and let I'm not trying to make that happen again. You know, I like it. All right. The my somebody's got to get points on that team guy. Who do you got, Heifetz? <laughs> you mentioned Brandon Cooks already, but I, I, I between him and honestly just DJ Moore for the Bears, where I look at the Bears mm. passing game and I'm like, Darnell Mo- Mooney is just a huge egg for me. Chase Claypool, I just please, I, I just DJ Moore. Yeah, sure, he's there. Yeah, cool. He's yeah, all right. Someone's got to catch passes. Craig, Adam Thielen on the Panthers is just sitting there waiting to catch like <laughs> nine touchdowns this year. He does it every year. Bryce Young looks competent. He looks like an adult out there. In the preseason, a third of Bryce Young's passes have gone to Adam Thielen. And there's nobody else on this team. There's DJ Chark. There's a rookie, Jonathan Mingo. Terrace Marshall. LaVisca Chenault. There's nobody. Adam Thielen's going to quietly have 10 touchdowns this year, and nobody's going to know what to do with him. So I had, I was looking at the Rams for the Cooper Cup injury, but a McVay off. Oh, Van Jefferson. Yeah, so it's is I don't I was gonna ask you guys, is it is Scourin still on that team? Like who is their number two? <laughs> they have some fifth round pick they're all excited about. Schrager's all excited about two two Atwell. Mm. No, it's gonna it's, be one of Tyler those guys Higby. who's gonna it's, be good, no. right? None of them. It's Tyler Higby for the Rams because he has the lowest bar to actually be serviceable because he's the tight end. So the idea of him he only has to be so good to plug Tyler Higby mm-hmm. in as a top ten or top twelve option. Also, I think he's better than all those guys than Van Jefferson. I mean Skaronic. Yeah. I don't know how many other teams he would make, honestly. So I have him, but then the uh, Damian Pierce has to be the winner of this, though, mm. right? <laughs> yeah. The, Ram- the Rams was fun, but we all love Damian Pierce. And by the way, I had him on all my teams. He was really good the first month of the year. And then, you know, Houston went sideways. He got hurt. Um, but I just like him, and I think he's going to play. And that that would be the one guy I would bet would get points. I'm not... Not banking on a lot of C.J. Stroud moments this year. Who do you got, DK? I'm going with James Conner for the Cardinals. Mm. I think volume-wise, as long as he can stay healthy, he's going to get a ton of it. They don't really have any other running backs on that team. Like, Pop Quiz, can you name their backup running back? It's not easy. Keontae Ingram, I think. Maybe. Um, I would not have been able to pull that one off. I also can't name their quarterback, so I'm probably (laughs) not the guy to ask. (laughs) That's why I was going to go with Marquise Brown, but... Honestly, I think he he did pretty terribly when they didn't have Kyler. So if Kyler doesn't come back, it's just not going to go well. Um, but for James Conner, his numbers actually were really solid when they were cycling through their backup quarterbacks. He's just, he catches passes. He's big. He's physical. He breaks tackles, you know, and he's going to get the volume. He's like their only guy this year. And it, so, yeah. Is there a fantasy zag with the Cardinals? If they're really going to do uh, just the gutting to go like one and 16 and try to basically tank, which rarely happens to the NFL, but they've already shown signs they might do it. But could Marquise Brown be a guy that ends up on a really good team in like week six or Connor, one of those guys? You see that? 
Oh, yeah. I, and I think there's two ways this could zag because everyone's talking about how they're going to get the first pick. They're tanking. There's like this was the most common joke on Twitter yesterday. They're tanking for Caleb Williams. But what if Kyler comes back in week five and then their offense is actually oh, pretty the good? Flip. I like this. So that's right. that's what I've been sort of, mm. you know, zagging a little bit because I think Marquise Brown, um, if you go back to the first six weeks of last year when Kyler was playing quarterback, he was Marquise Brown was the wide receiver six. He was absolutely going bonkers. Um, and then he got hurt and then Kyler got hurt a little bit later and it all, all kind of fell apart. But, you know, I think if Kyler surprises everybody, that that maybe is not the most likely thing to happen. But if it does happen, I think Kyler coming back would be huge for Marquise Brown, would be huge for James Conner. And you could probably, you know, extract some value because everybody's so down on the Cardinals right now. Well, and also to get his leadership in the Cardinals locker room. <laughs> right. The yeah. NFL's Ben Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> Ben Simmons Just like, Kyler Murray's going to be a Craig. What's that, what when does Call of Duty come out again? A new Call of Duty comes out in November. Ah, something to note. Okay, Kyler Murray's going to be a great Raider next year. Yeah, he would <laughs> definitely not be in the Cardinals next year. Uh, all right, we're going to take one more break. My sorry, that's too rich for my blood, guy. Who is it for you, Craig? It's Christian McCaffrey. Huh. Hmm. I. Uh, I just, I don't like dealing with Niners running backs. Shanahan and running backs don't mix with me. People think that, that McCaffrey's getting the Panthers role in San Francisco. But the reality is, is one, they want to keep him healthy throughout the whole year. And when Eli Mitchell, who's a really good backup on the team, when he was healthy last year, him and McCaffrey split carries pretty much 50-50. So I actually think McCaffrey going number one overall and, and you dropping $60 on him is is not a smart decision. For all we know, Jordan Mason's going to be getting goal line work for the Niners. <laughs> I love it. And he was my backup choice. But I'm going with a guy who came up earlier in this podcast, Tony Pollard. No! Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know why? Because you guys are all in on Tony Pollard. It's all yeah. happening. It's all That's happening. That's fair. Uh, I think he's going to go for like $62. Two people are going to be they're going to listen to this pod, other ones, and get all excited about him. And guess what? Maybe Tony Pollard was great in a limited role. Maybe he was McConaughey in Wolf of Wall Street. Maybe you didn't want three hours of McConaughey in that movie. Maybe it was nice just to have him pop in for a nice section and then leave. Pollard comes in and out. He's in the perfect situation. Way more explosive than Zeke. Do we know if he can get 300 plus carries? Do we know if he can be the goal line back? I don't know. I'm not going to spend $62 to find out. So he's my guy. Who do you got, DK? <laughs> uh, I'm going with Brees Hall for the Jets. Yeah, who that's a is, great pick. I mean, he's been, in my opinion, I've been trying to tell these guys all offseason that he's just a little too highly priced right now. Just based yeah. on the fact, number one, he's coming off an ACL, which, you know, he might be fine. He might do, you know, he might be spectacular and whatever. And like, he won't have any ill effects from this ACL. But there's also a strong chance that he has other com compensatory injuries around that injury or whatever. And I don't want to have to, again, I don't want to have to worry about him being hurt every single week. And then the other thing is, obviously, they signed Dalvin Cook, which is even, it's an even bigger reason. You know, it sounds like, coming from the Jets, that Aaron Rodgers was really, you know, trying to get this to happen. He apparently loves Dalvin Cook. There's a chance he, he lobbies and gets Dalvin Cook more playing time. There's a, there's a chance Dalvin Cook is just straight up the starter on this offense. And so there's just too many variables going on here. I think Brees Hall is awesome. I think he's an awesome player. And, you know, he could end up making me look bad for that. But I just, there's too many variables and I'm just shying away from that every single time I go into a draft. I'm just like, there's well, too many things going on there. Let's ask somebody who has recent experience with rooting for a team whose star 
running back tore an ACL and then came back. Like year one after the injury of Saquon was not remotely like year two after the injury of Saquon, right, Danny? No, not at all. And so Saquon's was a little different because he had, uh, I think, an ACL and a meniscus. And basically what that does is delay you being able to have the surgery and the recovery afterward. And that's why Brees Halls was considered, quote, like cleaner because Javante Williams, Mm -hmm. when you have multiple stuff, there's all these variables. Having said that, everyone's like, well, Adrian Peterson came back from an ACL and he was that was 10 years ago. We don't have a second example yet. Like at some point, like, why don't we just stop trying to bet on outliers and like just there are all these other players? Like there's so many running backs similar to Brees Hall. And also, again, just like earlier, uh, Lombardi made that great point about Arthur Smith is trying to tell us who Kyle Pitts is. When the Jets go out of their way to pay seven million dollars to bring in Dalvin Cook, listen to them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> who do you have for this category, Heifetz? Cooper Cup, man. I hate to say mm. it, but you got you want Cooper Cup. You got to pay fifty five bucks, basically a quarter of your budget or a first round pick. And I look I, when I go to like click that button, I, I think people are missing the forest for the trees. If you just look at per game last year, Cooper Cup per game was the number one receiver in fantasy when he went down. The percentage of the passing game he has at the Rams is historically great, and everyone's like, "Well, he's so much better." I think everyone's missing the forest for the trees. If he gets hurt, are the Rams really gonna like? Are the Rams really gonna? Do they want to win this year? Do the Rams want Caleb Williams? The prospect of the Rams shutting down Stafford, who debated retiring this year, or Stafford getting hurt, and the Rams just saying, you know what, Cooper Cup, you have a hamstring injury. We're going to shut you down. It's so much disproportionately more important for Cooper Cup to p- play for you in December in the fantasy playoffs. It's so much more important than the marginal gains he has over, like, Jamar Chase or Tyree Kill that I'm like, why am I risking, like, all these other guys, I don't have to ask whether their team wants them to play in the final weeks of the season. It's a good pick. Let's do a quickie category. Uh, DK, give me a one dollar QB that you like really quick. Sam Howell, Commanders. This guy oh, yeah, ran. Fitz. Yeah, Geno Smith, baby. Oh, he'll go Ooh. for more than a dollar. That's insulting. You just—it's a personal shot at DK. <laughs> Jordan Love, then. Who do you have, Craig? Brock Purdy, the cult leader. God damn it! That's what I had too. I have Brock <laughs> Purdy. I might even spend two bucks on Brock. Uh, dark, also, Kyler. Dark, 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 dark horse. Aiden O'Connell and the Raiders, a little stasher. Mm. Wow. How many teams are in your league? Well, did you see him in the preseason? Has anyone <laughs> ever looked better in the preseason other than Kenny Pickett? It's like Pickett. It was like the Montana Marino rivalry was back. All right. Uh, another quick one. The my I'd be afraid to look on Tuesday and see the red flag guy. For me, this is Mike Williams every year. I don't know if you guys yeah, have read Mike too. Williams. It's yeah, it's a roller coaster ride of emotions. Um <laughs> You find out things about yourself. You you learn to dread Tuesdays. You learn to dread Sundays. He'll have the random Sunday flag up. Uh, who do you got, DK? Um, let me see here. I had uh, J.K. Dobbins. It's another thing. Is just he yeah. to me is one of the most tantalizing players because I love him. I think he's so talented. But the last couple of years have just worn me down, and I just don't want to see him. <laughs> he's like missed all of training camp. I don't, I don't even know what's going on with this guy. And right he now. was like upset. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who do you got, Heifetz? Dude, Darren Waller. <laughs> the second there's a flag at Darren Waller, I'm going to lose my mind. So it's almost you have too much at stake with him already. I used to go through this with Gronk. I couldn't take Gronk in fantasy leagues anymore because I had, I had too much at stake. It was too painful <laughs> yeah, if you, anything happened to you him. You can't right? have your, your personal fan interest and your fantasy yeah, interest on the same can't. player. It's you too can't much. do it. Who do you have, Craig? 
It's Mike Williams. He's like driving a vintage car. It's really fun for the first few miles. And then you yeah. hear something weird coming from the engine and you're screwed. <laughs> and then they show the stats of like the chargers when he plays and when he doesn't play. It's like, it's not just losing him, but then you get all the additional minutia that comes with being disappointed by Mike Williams. All right. This is going to be a fun category. My, I know there's a 99% chance he's getting hurt again, but goddamn, I can't resist this guy guy. I'm going to go first. I feel like Tua is now completely undervalued. And if he's sitting there for a mm. dollar, I'm grabbing him. Two dollars, I'm still grabbing him. And three dollars, I might grab him. I was on the internet earlier this week watching uh, his judo instructor talking about how they taught him how to roll. So when he got how part of the problem with him getting <laughs> concussions is he didn't know how to absorb the sacks. And he trained in the off season, learning how to roll. And I'm like, I'm back in. <laughs> right. I, I, believe. It, I did the same it's thing. It's really easy to, to know how to roll when you're getting hit by a 350 pound man from behind. <laughs> right. yeah. you know, was, in, anyway. in judo, they have weight classes. <laughs> right. True. I, uh, it's just like a five pound people. It's a five pound difference. They're not allowed to like fight each other. I wonder how they adjusted for the 300 pound defensive tackles. That's like that's like learning what to do when you get in a, a head-on collision in a car. It's like, hey, listen, man. Yeah, <laughs> right. I don't know if you can prepare for that. What do you if do if Vita you fall v, out of a plane? If Vita is falling on you, maybe the judo is going to work as well. I'm still in. I'll spend at least three bucks on him. Who do you got, DK? I really love that one, actually. Um, Kadarius Tony. You know, I was listening to oh, last boy. year's show. Craig oh, said, boy. Craig said he's like Russian roulette. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, baby. I was just like in the chamber. <laughs> it's so good. Who you got, Hypitz? Uh, uh, Michael Thomas. We've given too much airtime. I'm going to shout out Rashad Penny. There is no chance yeah. that Rashad oh, Penny yeah. plays 17 games. But if Rashad Penny played 17 games, I actually think the only player I'd pick to lead the league in rushing yards over him would be like Derek Henry, Nick Chubb. Rashad Penny stylistically is like the perfect player for the Eagles O line. He's like my low key Katerius Tony. Yeah, there is a world where he has like 700 rushing yards after four weeks or some crazy number. Like, oh my God, could Rashad Penny break OJ's record of 2014 <laughs> games? Who do you got, Craig? Yeah, I also have Penny, my San Diego State guy. I want to just give you one quick Penny stat. He's had 11 games where he's had more than 12 touches. In those in those 11 games, he averages 7.2 yards per carry, <laughs> which is the best ever. He's the best running back ever when he gets more than 12 <laughs> touches in a game. This, this goes back to my Hurts case. Like the only quote unquote weak spot on that Eagles team is running back, right? Where they don't have a signature dude. But that's the thing with running back. And that's why the position's been so devalued because you can just get, you just get Penny on your team who has all these stats and Swift. You can trade for whoever and, you're good to go. Okay. DK. Mm. Your Cooper Cup, it's a year after the year guy. We might all have the same guy for this. So let's go quick. Who so is it? I was a little confused about the actual. Is this the guy that is just coming off of a massive, massive season? And Yeah, he's coming yeah. off of an awesome season and being priced that way. Got it. But you feel like he might have gotten a little too close to the sun last year. <laughs> I, th so I think I know who we're all going to say. This one for me is Austin Eckler. I think there's two guys that are obvious, oh, but oh. Austin Eckler, the only thing I worry about with him is last year, the thing that we all complained about all season long was that Justin Herbert was dumping the ball off and not passing yeah. down the field. 
dumping the ball off, not passing down the field. He, his A dot was like the one of the lowest in the entire NFL, and he has like the best arm in the NFL. We were bitching about it all year, and guess who benefited from that? Austin Eckler, who right. caught you know 107 passes, and and that definitely helped you know his fantasy bottom line. I don't think Austin Eckler is going to be bad. I just am worried that may have been his ceiling that we saw last year. Do the rest of us have Josh Jacobs here? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Say no more. Um, all right. My, I just want everyone on that offense. I don't fucking care guy. Who is it? Hi, Fitz. The Eagles backfield of the Chiefs receivers. Like, I just feel like I'm playing a slot machine and I'm just like <laughs> soullessly staring. I'm like, well, one of these has to. Like, Patrick Mahomes led the NFL in passing yards last year. How is there no one other than Travis Kelsey? Eagles have the best O line. How none of these running backs work? I feel crazy and I'm not going to get the right person. I don't care. I just keep taking them. Craig? Chargers. I think we're really underestimating what not having broken ribs will do to Herbert right. and what not having a first round left tackle will do to the O-line and what Kellen Moore will do as the offensive coordinator. I think this is the ultimate post-hype team. Hmm. Love that. Well, but they're, they're the first round pick that they took, the receiver, Danny, mm -hmm. um, not not like an awesome preseason for him. It doesn't seem like he's going to play, right? Well, or if he plays, not that much. Quentin Johnston. He, yeah. I think he was up and down. He had some exciting plays for sure. He had a couple of drops, a couple of plays. And this is, well, this was on his scouting report, you know, he's a little bit unrefined, but he's so Easter explosive, famine. so tall. So, you know, he's just a big, tall, fast guy. And sometimes these guys take a little bit of time, but I, you know, I, he, he will play, I think. I think there's an alternate universe where Mike Williams is hurt by week three. Keenan Allen looks like he's 40 years old and Eckler gets dinged up and, then by week seven, everyone on Twitter is doing the, can't we just get Justin Herbert a good team? <laughs> and we're doing that whole thing. I think that scenario is sitting there too. Um, my, I just want everyone on that offense, I don't care guys, Dallas Goddard. And there's a lot of good stats mm -hmm. for him last year when he played. And, uh, you know, everybody gets excited at tight end about the same four guys. And I think he's just kind of lurking underneath there. And it's just fun to have an eagle. Did you pick one, DK? You did, right? Yeah, I got one. Uh, okay. I haven't gone yet. I, oh. I got. I have the Lions because you can go down mm. the line in terms of the different rounds or whatever. Amon Ross St. Brown, Jameer Gibbs, David Montgomery is the guy I'm choosing here. And then Jamison Williams late. You know, they have a couple other guys. Samuel Porta, their rookie tight end, I'm excited about. I basically want everyone on this offense. And, I, you know, David Montgomery to me is a guy that's totally forgotten. Um, you know, just in the fantasy world, people don't talk about him because he's boring. But he's going from one of the worst offenses in the NFL last year in the Bears and he's going to one of the better highest scoring offenses for the Lions and I think he could really be, be just be like a really good value I don't necessarily think he's going to be a number one running back but just be a really good value for you getting him all right my year too early fuck it guy <laughs> who last year I think we all had George Pickens who do you have Ifitz? uh Luke Musgrave the tight end for the Packers oh, yeah, the running the running bit is you know what rookie tight ends they're never good. You can never expect anything out of them. But this year, this is the year it's everything different. And we've made a blood pact on our fantasy football show where if the rookie, if the historically good rookie class of tight ends, if these guys aren't it, we'll never do it again. But Luke Musgrave, <laughs> they're talking about him like he's the second coming. Like there might be three Travis Kelsey's between him, Darren Waller and Kelsey. But I, I mean, again, all the usual things where you're out on a guy, Luke Musgrave, he's going to play. 
He's going to play, and I think he's going to be incredible. Craig? The rookie Zay Flowers on the Ravens, who is just like a replica of Tyreek Hill. Every other receiver on the Ravens is either old or coming off a serious injury. This Todd Munkin offense, look, we don't know if it's going to work out, but if it does, Flowers is is going to be a guy that uh, is going to is going to make you some fantasy playoffs. I have Gibbs on Detroit, yeah, um, as my runner up. I am infatuated by Michael Mayer on the Raiders, and I, I was <laughs> glad Heifetz did that tight end thing. I think he's going to be awesome, and I, I actually think. You guys know way more about the draft than I do, but I really wanted the Pats to get a tight end, so I actually did the tight end work. And I was really surprised that he fell to the second round. I also think he's one of those guys that he like goes to bed saying the names of the two tight ends that went in front of him, <laughs> and then he wakes up and he says the two names again, and he goes to the bathroom to brush his teeth, and they're on the wall. And he's just like, my goal in life now is to be better than these two guys. And I think McDaniels loves using guys like that. Good preseason. Um, I I just like him, and it's probably your people thought he was going to be the first overall guy. People yeah. thought he yeah. was going to be the first tight end taken in the draft, and there then he was, fell right. There DK? was a cup of coffee for him yeah. where he was like a top ten pick, and then mm-hmm. I don't know yeah. what happened with the tight end. So he, I saw him at the combine. Bill, you are exactly right in terms of like his demeanor. At least yeah. from my from my impression, like he gets up on there on the podium, like puts his hands on the sides of the podium, and like lords above everyone. <laughs> that was like. In, in the scrum and he's just like the most charismatic, you know, this guy, I want to run through a wall through, like for him immediately. He was just so like intense. So like I, he's got I, the bills uh, game circled for whatever yes. year they're playing the bills. Yes. They took I, Kincaid over him. I, I'm not sure that he fell because of talent. I think that all the teams at the top part of the draft were like, well, there's seven great tight ends. Why would we take one of the first when we get guy almost as good right. as the second? Get him later. I do think that that was a huge reason they fell. Yeah. Yeah. DK, did you go? No, my guy this year is Jahan Dotson for the Commanders. I think oh, he he was good last year. He was yeah, he flashed a lot awesome. last year. He was yeah. injured for part of the season, but he definitely flashed. I think in the preseason this year, there's like more flashes where you you look at him and you're like, okay. And Craig and I have talked about this in Heifetz. You can just see it immediately. This guy has it. He's, he's an eye test. He's guy. good. Yeah. He's really good. I'm yeah. just a little. I'm not 100 percent ready to like be committed to the Commanders' offense being good. So I'm. You know, I don't think Dotson's going to necessarily like be this elite fantasy guy, but I think he has the potential to be one of the elite receivers in the NFL. You know, also Terry McLaurin has turf toe, so also not great. Good sign not great. Dotson. Yeah. All right, three more. My missionary position. We've all had him. I have no excitement whatsoever that <laughs> I just took this guy. Guy last year, I think I took Keenan Allen, who I'm just not taking anymore. I just can't. I just can't get excited all about him. Hi, Fitz. Who do you have? Uh, I have Keenan Allen. <laughs> we did not plan that. <laughs> you know what? Missionary and Keenan Allen both get a really bad rap. And you know <laughs> yeah, what? Yeah, let's hear about it. Yeah. <laughs> so let's get Jackie flex. in here. Jackie. Yeah. <laughs> Look, from week 10 on, so Keenan Allen, you know, took a little bit to get going. Hmm. Uh, happens to happens to the best of us sometimes. But week 10 on, the best receivers in fantasy football, week 10 on, Justin Jefferson, CeeDee Lamb, Jamar Chase, Devontae Adams, Keenan Allen. Wow. Like, that's four receivers that are going in the top 15 players and then Keenan Allen. I just can't get excited about him. Who do you have, Craig? <laughs> Joe Mixon. Yeah. Mm. You know, everybody's done it. He's fine. He's not going to be the best running back in the league. He's not going to be the worst. It's fine. 
it'll be the 15th best running back in the league. Get you through the day. It's a good one. I have Kirk Cousins, <laughs> who is yeah. like, you didn't want to end up with him as a starter, but then somebody went nuts on Mahomes. Then, oh my God, Anthony Richardson went for 11 bucks. And all of a sudden, eight people have quarterbacks and you're one of the two teams that doesn't. And you're looking at Dak Prescott and Kirk Cousins. And you're like, well, I could take one of these guys now. I'll get Brock Purdy and whoever later. And you end up with, really, I have Kirk Cousins and Dak Prescott because they're the same guy. Um, it's just really hard to be excited when you look at the fantasy team on the website and that's the first guy you see. And by the way, we've all had both of those guys. DK, who do you got? Uh, Aaron Rodgers. I think, Oh, again, yeah. it's I'm excited. I'm excited that he's on the Jets and I'm excited that some of his skill position players might do a little bit better than they did last year, particularly Garrett Wilson, who I'm excited about. But I just don't want Aaron Rodgers. I just don't want to do that again. I feel like it's just one of those things where he's been in the league for like 20 years. I'm tired of it. I don't want... Yeah, he's going to be 40 boring. this year. <laughs> yeah. Um, Craig, you're up. My, I fell for the preseason hype guy. Who'd you fall for? I mean, it's, it's, it's Kenny Pickett. Come on. What are we talking about here? <laughs> I'm I'm probably going to like draft Kenny Pickett and have him be my starting fantasy quarterback this year, which is going to completely come around and bite me in the ass. But he had a perfect passer rating. What what am I supposed to do? It's <laughs> a good one. Uh, I to me I have Pickens, who has now come up in like five of these categories, as like if he was my number one receiver, I don't think I would be bummed out. You know, if if I chose what an not to go after for the, the Steelers, high, no, not the high price guy, and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to get two second tier guys, and I'll get George Pickens, and then people fall asleep on Tyler Lockett, I'll get him too, mm. and I'll just have those two as my friend, and then I'm I'm good to go. Who do you have, DK? Uh, Elijah Moore for the Browns. I think I did this last Change year. Change the scenery guy, I like <laughs> it. Yeah, there's there's talk of him being like a Devo, and they're using him in the backfield as a running back. That was you know, a they, great trade. Why didn't the yeah. Jets keep him? I didn't understand that. Because he hates the Jets. Because he, he yeah, well, he doesn't have a good relationship with that. that That's front a good office, pick. I, I like yeah. that one. Who do you got, Heifetz? I mean, I could, we were talking about Darren Waller being another Travis Kelsey like half an hour ago. So it's probably <laughs> Darren Waller. Yeah. <laughs> All right, last category. This is my favorite one. My, I'd never root for an injury, but he is one injury away guy. There's two that jumped out of me. I'll let Craig have the other one. <laughs> Tajay Spears. Oh, on he stole Titans. Mine. Yeah. Mm. Just electric. Did it in college. There's like this whole Emmett Smith possibility with him where it's like all the evidence was there all along. We just didn't look. There's some change of pace stuff with Henry. This could be the year Henry goes south, but uh, you take Spears. You take Henry and you take Spears is probably the move, but you could just take Spears and then the guy who has Henry is pissed off that you took fucking A. You spent $7 on Spears. You knew he was my backup, but then in like week six, he's just <laughs> crushing it. So that is my guy. Who do you have, DK? Well, I had Spears, but since you took him, I'm going to go with Sam Darnold. Oh, <laughs> <wow>. nice! <laughs> I'm half kidding, but not really. Like, well, I, there's uh, some there's some Shanahan loves him <laughs> buzz that's definitely uh, percolating. <laughs> I can't do it I, after he blew the 21 nothing lead to Tampa yeah. in the last week of the season. I can never go back. Who do you have, Ivan? 
Well, this is real synergy because the guys I've written down are Jalen Warren, who I'm sure Craig is going to say, and I have Tajay Spears and I have Sam Darnold. I can't believe it. Sam Darnold. Right. Yeah. I will use this moment to say I, I nothing should go wrong with Brock Purdy. I wish nothing ill upon him, of course. However, uh, people really overlook the whole undefeated thing happened in line with Christian McCaffrey started games for them. Number one. Two, what can what can Brock Purdy do that Sam Darnold can't do? Like the whole problem, Sam Darnold was basically his brain and that he was coached by Adam Gase to enter the NFL. And you, I can't think of a wider gap between coaching the bad habits out of you than Adam Gase and Kyle Shanahan. I I, I, I think the Brock Purdy chapter will be very funny. And honestly, I think the Niners might win the Super Bowl if Darnold wins the job. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Craig, you want to just end it here? I don't want to do Jalen Warren because I don't want Najee to get hurt. I don't want to. I don't want to speak that into existence. I like <laughs> Najee Harris. I think they're a good one-two punch. I don't want to do that. You know who I want to give it to? Brandon Ayuk on the 49ers. Mm. Brandon Ayuk needs to put a couple banana peels on the field for Kittles, McCaffrey, and Debo <laughs> because we've been waiting for this guy to blow up, and he almost does it. He has a few spike weeks. Like whenever one of those other guys gets hurt, Brandon Ayuk has a great game. We need to get a couple of those guys out of here because I've been hearing how Ayuk is one of the best receivers in the league for three years now. That's a really good one. Well, I guess technically nobody took Jalen Warren, but we all had him. That that's one where yeah. that's the he's the new Tony Pollard is really what he is. Or just he, he's yeah. kind of Tony Pollard and waiting for the moment the Steelers realize mm-hmm. it an opportunity happens. Najee Harris it should probably sleep with one eye open. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good thing. All right, so what, what's the schedule for Ringer Fantasy Show this year? What do you got? Uh, we're, we're doing three a week until the season starts, and then we do four a week. We do Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So we're doing everything. Waivers, we do a power ranking every week. We, we predict the best players do start sit on Fridays. So we'll be here all year. All right. And you can check out the Ringer Fantasy Football Guide as well if you want to help with your draft this weekend or in my case, the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, right before the season because that's how (laughs) us old guys roll. Danny, Danny, Craig, great to see you. Thanks for uh, coming on. Appreciate it. We are supported by NFL Sunday Ticket on YouTube and YouTube TV. If you find yourself in a place far, far away from your home football team, you need NFL Sunday Ticket. That's been me for the last two plus decades. Why do you need it? Because it's now on YouTube and YouTube TV, making it easier than ever to watch all your favorite teams on Sunday afternoons. I mean, the most exciting part of that first Sunday, especially on the West Coast, 10 o'clock, and you get all these games, right? And you you know, you look at some of the games, like in the week one, Texans, Ravens, not very excited for the fantasy stuff in that, Bengals, Browns, whatever. But then you get to like 49ers, Steelers. And not only is that an awesome game to maybe place a friendly wager on, but also a ton of fantasy guys on both teams, competitive game, and you just start marking it down. This is this is what I want. But the thing is, on YouTube and YouTube TV, you have multi-view. You can watch four live games at once. So you don't just have to say, I'm locked in on 49ers Steelers. You can also throw in Bengals Browns. You can throw in... Panthers, Falcons, you can get frisky and watch a little Cardinals Commanders because that's probably the worst game of the day. Lots of choices. So thanks to NFL Sunday Ticket on YouTube and YouTube TV for sponsoring this segment. Remember, there's no better place to keep up with all your favorite teams out of market Sunday afternoon games, early, late. Right now, you can get $50 off your subscription when you sign up at youtube.com slash BS. That is youtube.com slash BS. Terms and blackout restrictions apply. Offer ends September 19th. 
All right, Garrett Bush is here. You can find him. He's got a bunch of gigs. He's on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. You can find him on The Barbershop, which also has a YouTube channel. And uh, he is right in the heart of Cleveland. What's that? Give us the state of Cleveland sports just quickly. Where where are we? How are we feeling? Are we like a C plus, B plus? Where are we? Everybody, I, I would say B minus. Um, everything hinges on one Deshaun Watson and... Uh, everyone's heart is like in their throat a little bit because we have not seen him play like he used to. And so we're clamoring for anything we can find to make ourselves be like, believe we got that 2020 Deshaun Watson. So I, I think that's where we're at. Half on one side, waiting to see if he's going to do something in a half. It's like, mm, I think I still like Baker Mayfield, to be honest. <laughs> well, what's your, what's your theory on what happened to Watson last year other than the fact that he didn't play and he was in the news there in the worst possible way for a long period of time. And then he comes in and he just doesn't look like himself in any shape, form, anything. So what happened? I think, first of all, the, the backdrop of what happened with Deshaun Watson, you have to look at it through a lens of what the Cleveland sports psyche has been since 1999. Baker Mayfield, for what, what whatever he said he did, right or wrong, or her shortcomings, was a very popular guy in the city. Um, so when ba they move on from Baker, they decide to put the number one picks up to go get Deshaun Watson. Um, besides the allegations and, and, and the rust, I just think he came into a situation where half of the fan base was still thinking like, hey, we need to bring Baker back. How about we offer him a little bit of a contract, bring him back a little bit. He could sit behind Watson. People were literally thinking that was a thing. Uh, it wasn't. Um, and Deshaun himself, I, I think when you watch Deshaun play, Deshaun has always played with that exuberance, that 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 attitude. And I said, until I see the bow and arrow again, I know that's not the real Deshaun Watson. And I think a lot of times when you go through some very tough stuff, you don't know uh, if you're going to play, when you're going to play again. Uh, you don't know if your freedom is on the line. There's a lot of things other than football that you're thinking about. And I think for him to play and to have that joyful exuberance to play and to be free, you didn't see that last year as well as you didn't see the skill set that we saw when he left before. So I think there was a lot of different things going through his head that, that contributed to that. Well, the way you're laying that out, and it's a completely different circumstance and reasoning behind it, but another guy very close to Cleveland, LeBron, when he went to Miami that first year and he became the villain and that he didn't it. like it. And remember, he kind of embraced it there for a couple yeah. months and there was that Portland game when... uh when he was really seemed like defiant, it was like, wow, he's really leaning into it. But I think ultimately he didn't want to be that guy. And it kind of broke him by the time we got the 11 finals. So do you think there's some real parallels with what, what's happened with Deshaun here from like, I, now I'm the villain. Like I know I didn't, I had no idea this was going to happen to me. When I was writing down a couple, jotting down a couple of notes before I came on, that was one of the things I thought about was I call it like the zero dark 30 carbon fiber LeBron. Like that was a different LeBron. Like he, <laughs> the league stopped the people from wearing those masks because LeBron was in Miami looking intimidating. His game was just different. I'm like, man, this guy's, this guy's dominant. This is a scary LeBron. Uh, but even though he was playing at the peak of his powers almost, even though I go back and I, We'll have a discussion for this another time. I, I still don't know which year LeBron is the best LeBron version because there's been like 12 of them, but that's another story. Um, but when you go back and look at LeBron and he talks about it, he says, that's not who I am. Uh, I've been loved and adored in this city for my whole life uh, and, and all around the world. And when that turned out to be something 
that was fleeting and, and people kind of turned on him, it messed with his mental psyche a little bit. And, and when you talk to Deshaun and, and you talk to, I've talked to people around him, like his manager, and he says, you know, Deshaun has always come from a small town in the South. He's a guy who, who's always been beloved. Um, you know, Dabo Sweden calls him the Michael Jordan of football. And, and, and when you, that happens and you sit out and all the allegations, it's very difficult for you, uh, you to go from a person who is adored and loved to a person that people don't want. And this was in his own backyard. This is the Cleveland. And he's still doing some things to kind of ingratiate himself to the fan base. And I think that's another unique story is we kind of really don't know who Deshaun Watson is. We don't know him personally. And I think that's what he's trying to work through on a, on another level as well. Um, because, you know, it's just, he didn't have time to get his feet wet and indoctrinate himself with the fan base. Right. And again, not to compare the two situations, all LeBron did was switch teams and yeah. the shitstorm happened. Deshaun, all this stuff, you know, he caused. It mm -hmm. was a terrible story. I still don't feel great about it. Now he's back in the league and he's trying to put his career back together. And he just, he looked like he had been replaced by the ghost of Deshaun Watson. And it, the reason I think it's a really interesting discussion just for this NFL season you know this better than anyone. The Browns are kind of loaded. And they're in the situation where this guy that they gave three first rounders up for is the question mark on the team because <laughs> everything else is kind of there. They might have the best running back in the league. They made the receivers better. They have one of the top three lines. It looks like their defense is going to be really good. Everybody loves their pass rush. They're in a really competitive division, but I, I think you could really make a case they could potentially win the division. There's been some gambling action on them. But it mm -hmm. all comes back to like, what Deshaun are we getting? Are we getting 220 Deshaun or are we getting 2022 Deshaun? And, and, and it's so confusing because there's a there's a perspective on a national scene where a lot of people locally may not understand it. But, you know, for the television people, like you don't know, like if you're doing a schedule, right? How do you know wh where to put the Browns? Like, are, are you going to put them in a marquee game against somebody or do you want to bury them on a one o'clock game? The reality of it is the roster says they are, they have a four o'clock PM roster. They got a Thursday mm. night football roster. However, it's the degrees of separation from Deshaun Watson. Is you going to get a hundred percent Deshaun Watson or you're going to get the 85% for the people for Cle in Cleveland. We, we, our calculus is this. And the calculus in, in Cleveland was look, people say we overpaid for Deshaun Watson. Well, that's well just you did. We, you definitely did. Yeah, that's the, but that's the goal. That's that's economics. That's the going rate. Uh, if I got terrible credit, Bill, and I want to go get a car and I need one tomorrow, the interest rate going to look a little crazy, right? You go to JD Buy Rider or wherever you go, you buy here, pay here, you're going to pay a little more. And the car might not last as long as you want to. But at the end of the day, you still need to get to work. Kids need to go to school. So you got to pay a little more. The Browns have not been good. So they're going to have to pay a premium on a on a player or a quarterback that came available in his prime. So for Jimmy Haslam and D Haslam, the, the calculus was simple. Baker wasn't it. We got a team that we think is ready today. Are we going to take some hits? Sure. But let's go ahead and, and spend the money because other than that, we have not been good at getting a quarterback or developing one. So that's why the overpayment happens. And I think people, about 75% of the, of the fan base understands that. Well, it's even worse than an overpayment because he didn't want to go there. And the only way he wanted to go there was if they guaranteed his entire contract, which had never <laughs> happened before. I think it's it's so funny looking at all their uh, their gambling stuff because like they're plus 112 to make the playoffs, right? They're almost even. 
their over under is nine and a half, which is such like the perfect cutoff for 10 and seven is probably good enough to make it. Nine and eight is a classic Brown season. Yep. They're 30 to one to win the Super Bowl. They're 18 to one to win the conference. They're plus 400 to win the division. And they were seven and 10 last year. And then you could go even bigger. Dude. Like on FanDuel, it's 12 plus wins is plus 340. And you could just talk yourself into, hey, if Deshaun's back, this team might be loaded. They got the they got the biggest variance. So so I could talk myself into like if 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 I have you know one too many cocktails, I could co- talk myself into 12, 13 wins for the Browns. Wow. Just because I because I, I look at it and say, okay, if you got a coach of the year, Kevin Stefanski has shown that he can he can call plays. He's won a coach of the year before. Miles Garrett is playing under Jim Schwartz. You look at it, the cornerstone pieces, they got a nice secondary. You got one of the best pass rushers in the league, best running back, top five line. We've gone over that, a, a bona fide route runner. And they, we like Elijah Moore. Um, yeah. We love what he's going to bring. You look at that and say, okay, well, you put all that together with that 2020 Deshaun Watson, that's a, that's a bona fide uh, 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 AFC championship contender. However, yeah. <laughs> on the other end, I could talk myself into six and eleven. I could see six. If you you you, we got three division games starting off. You got the Bengals. You got the uh, Steelers. You, at you Pittsburgh. Still, yeah. At Pittsburgh. So think about this. Think we off. We get off to a bad start or so. Say for instance, Deshaun Watson plays poorly, uh, and we lose to the Bengals week one. You got to come back short week. You got the Steelers. Now you you really no. It's worse really than a short week. It's a Monday night game, week two at Pittsburgh. Think about it. If you start off one and three, you know two and four. How many people are going to be satisfied with that? People, I I told them they had six games to to prove it. Um, and Kevin Stefanski is under the the, the hot seat. And I think that's why <laughs> we've already turned over our kicker already because I think the pressure's on a little bit. Yeah, they go Cincy at Pittsburgh Monday night. Home Tennessee, home Baltimore, home San Francisco with a bye week in there, and then at Indianapolis, at Seattle, and that's and probably see- the toughest part of the schedule. And you, you, you kind of have to come out of there four and three if you're thinking about winning the division, which oh, you, is a tall task. You got you you got to and 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 we peek around a little bit. I've been watching the Steelers. I I always ask people, you know. If, how do you know if you got a squad or not? How do you know the Browns are for real? And I said, well, okay. I always ask myself, if Mike Tomlin was coaching his team, what would you expect him to do? Mm. I say, if Mike Tomlin was coaching the team, I think that we playoffs all day. Okay, well, look, uh, John Harbaugh, if he was coaching his team, would, would, <laughs> I could give you, I could go down the line about seven, eight coaches that if they had this roster, I believe that they would be playoff contenders or Super Bowl contenders. So my, my question is, not only is it the staff and not the roster, but also if it comes down to a championship game and I and I have to beat a Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, do I have the coach that can do that? Can, can I, I, don't, I personally don't think so. That's my biggest fear other than Watson. I haven't seen it from Stefanski. I don't, I don't know if I trust it. I made a list of top 32 coaches. I didn't have them in the top half. And I'm like in the high twenties. It's, and, and and I think the knock on him is, he looks great when he has a, a mediocre guy. Like if he has Case Keenum or he has, mm. I wouldn't call Kirk Cousins mediocre, but the, the buck's still out on him. That's what the, his, his thing is. People think he can't win, but he looked great with Baker. He looks good with bootlegs and tight ends, and and he'll run play action, and and he has the 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 best looking 
high school playbook I've ever seen. He had who runs yeah. a, <laughs> a solid high school playbook. But when it comes to the the bona fide superstars, when you got to play a Kyle Shanahan or a McVay or or Andy Reid, are you going to be able to go play for play? And, and you're going to be able to go pass for pass, innovation. And are you going to get the most out of Deshaun Watson? Now, they've told me as I talk to people in the organization, they said they put a lot on Deshaun Watson and say, look, give us 40 plays. If you don't like those 40 plays, we'll rip them up and we'll we'll, we'll get you 40 more. So it, they're trying to be more lockstep at the hip with Deshaun Watson calling the plays he likes along with Stefanski. My thing is I, I don't know if they have enough time together to yeah. kind of pull that off in, in, a, in a very short period of time. I can't say I've loved Stefanski's game management over the last few years. All right, since we we never have Cleveland diehard people on this pod, I'm going to throw some, some Cleveland questions at you. Got you. Just walk us through Cleveland's relationship with Pittsburgh. I don't think you, I don't think you finished ahead of Pittsburgh in the standings, what, since you came back in the league? Like, is I, it? Is Big Brother, Little Brother, like not even strong enough to to say what it is? What is it? Man, it, it, it's it's the it's the difference between having everything and having nothing. Um, to me, I you know a lot of people don't get it. There's we've lost a generation of Browns fans, um, in our state. There, you know, if you would if you would poll people and you go to a certain period of places in town, there's Pittsburgh Steelers fans who have their gear on. Um, the terrible towels are here. And you got to think about it. When Ben Roethlisberger, when I played against him in Miami. I went to OU. He went to Miami of Ohio. When Ben Roethlisberger um, got drafted by the Steelers, it was for years he had a better, more wins than any quarterback in Cleveland had and, and at, at our stadium. And mm. so right. you know, they would <laughs> they would flood and and wave their towels. And I just hate those doggone towels. I don't like the colors. I, I just don't like I, I don't even play with the the, the Steelers on Madden. I, so when you bad. so when you run into a Steelers fan and you tell them you're a Browns fan, they just look at you with complete disdain because we used to have this with the Yankees as Red Sox fans where they're well, just like, oh, yeah, we own you guys. Cool. Well, well, no, it isn't. Well, if you know that like that, like it, it isn't even disdain. It's kind of like they don't pay you attention because Maybe you haven't amused. done enough they're, to make it a rivalry. Right? Like, it's huh? a feud. It's a they're feud. Like, it's not a rivalry. Yeah, like why would you wear that? Why would you wear Browns colors? Those are Halloween colors and they're ugly anyway. <laughs> like why would you? They never win. Why? Like m- more so than ever, we get a lot of you guys are tortured, man. Why oh, do you they do feel bad? The pity. Team? Yeah, they that pity. That's even worse. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, I've, I've been there. I've been there with the with the Red Sox with all that shit. But then, is Baltimore higher or lower than Pittsburgh with the pure hatred? Now this this one is different. This one hurts a little bit more because it's like, let me give it to you like this. It's like, it's like breaking up with your ex, right? But then she upgrades on you. Like mm. she <laughs> she upgrades. She's like, yo, I broke up with you. My life is better. I shop more. I went and got my degree. I work out every day. And my new husband <laughs> is great. He's such a good guy. And you think he's a good guy. There's nothing you can say about her. You're like, you know what? You've up, you completely upgraded. For us, it's like the Baltimore, we left in 95. Baltimore, you know, they come and they, they, you know, leave, go to Baltimore in 96. They start doing their things. They get Ozzy Smith, or excuse me, Ozzy Newsom, one of the, yeah. uh, one of our four fathers. They get him. We put him in the Hall of Fame. He's the GM. And, and, and right out the gate, he goes and gets he goes and gets Ray Lewis. 
He goes and gets Jonathan Ogden. He drafts yeah. Ed Reed. And then they win a Super Bowl with one of the greatest defenses of all time. And you're just sitting there like, how did this happen? This was us. That was my story. It's just crazy. Stuff. Well, and then on top of it, then you have the Belichick piece. It's, the Belichick thing is even crazier because if you go back, I think ESPN had the thing about 1995 um, where, where the Browns were building the roster. And you go back and look at that. I think they had Kurt Ferentz. I think they they had Bill Belichick. His staff was crazy. Um, Saban was, Saban that, was, was on Saban that. on there? Yeah, they had Saban a bunch was of people like that. Yeah. It, it was one of the greatest coaching staffs and collective of young minds in the world. You know, the Browns run him out of town. Bernie, he, you know, first he ran Bernie out of town. Bernie goes and gets the Super Bowl with the Cowboys. Yeah. We run Belichick out of, out of town, and he's the greatest thing ever to move <laughs> as a coach. And it just seems we left holding a wet bag again. Come on, Bill. It's like, how, how does this, you can't even, you can't write this, man. You can't write it. It's crazy. So if you had to pit the Browns against the Bills and the Lions for the most tortured championship, and we'll throw in the Vikings too. Okay. Those four. Like, who, who would you have? You're going to obviously make the case for the Browns. You lost a team. None of those other yeah, franchises like, lost a team. That's the worst thing that can happen. They didn't pack, they didn't pack the team up. Like, like you, you know, I, I make the correlation. People talk about those great Indians teams in the yeah. mid-90s with Bell and all those guys, Manny Ramirez and Tommy. The reason why those guys are as great as they are and they had to sell us is because the Cleveland Browns left. There was a void in the city. There was kids growing up in 1996. I was, I was a freshman in high school, and I never I didn't watch football to, again to 99. We had no team, no direction. That's why baseball was so huge and the tribe was so huge during that time period. But no one had no one has gone through what the what the Browns have. They, you know, they took that team. Um, I could make a case that the Cleveland Browns have like really been at least the at least the Lions got Thanksgiving. <laughs> at least y'all got right. Thanksgiving. We like if if you look at it, we didn't even have an opportunity because we had the blackout in our locally where if the game wasn't sold out. You didn't even get to see the Browns. So you even when they were here, you didn't have an opportunity to see them. Um, it, you know, I've always told myself, I think I would literally cry if I got an opportunity to see the Cleveland Browns jerseys just on just for the Super Bowl. Right. Like, I just want to see, see them helmets. come out of the tunnel. That's it. All yeah. I want to see is come out the tunnel, Bill. I'll be golden. Golden. Yeah, I was, I've talked to different fans from the fan bases about this. And, I mean, you had the Biner, the Biner game, which is one of the worst losses of all time. Certainly one of the worst ones I've ever seen. But the Bills have, they have the Norwood game. They yep. have the four in a row. Yeah. The Music City Miracle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they got a lot. You know, they have the 13 seconds game. So they, they add up. And then the Vikings have some of the great losses we've had over the last 50 years. The, the a case that a Lions fan made to me was like, all right, the Bills had all those Super Bowls. At least they got there, you know, and same the Vikings. They've had all this heartbreak. At least they got there. And the Browns, like, at least they were good in the 80s. Like, we've had nothing. We had Barry Sanders. We made round one of the playoffs once, and he was good in video games. And he, do you realize year after year, we just get our asses kicked on Thanksgiving? I thought that was <laughs> compelling, but I still feel like losing... Losing a team is still the worst, but then on top of it, that team becoming the Ravens, they went to, and Belichick winning another six. And then the fact that you've been incompetent since 1999, like incompetent. Can't, can't we, we, we were known for how many quarterbacks we have, um, like starting right. quarterbacks. You, you look at a guy and shout out to Joe Tom, Thomas, bless his heart. You know, I, one of the best dudes I've ever met in my life. And, and they just wasted his career. They just wasted yeah. it. 
And then throwing on, on top of that, you got to think about it. Like before LeBron came back, it was worse because we're just known as the, the place that lost the greatest basketball player ever that lived yeah. there. Like it was just so him right. coming back was was a crazy thing, but obviously he left again. But it, it, but under better circumstances. But yeah, it, it, it's been a strange one. Um, that's why I think I call um, the Browns America's team, and the reason I call them that is because when you take a look at Browns backers, I do a small little ball going to barbershop or whatever, and I didn't even when I started doing this, like I just woke up off my mom's couch being unemployed and was like, listen, I I think I want to do that. And so I started a little blog or whatever, and I started on stuff that I was passionate about. And it was a, it was the Browns and no lie. There have been people who have reached out to me from every corner of this globe, from Ireland to South America to Hawaii, shout out to Hawaii and the people in Hawaii going through some stuff right now. It's Browns backers yeah. out there too. But those people reached out so passionately and was like, listen, I love listening to you because it makes me feel like I'm at home in Cleveland watching my Browns. And there's so many passionate fans around Browns backers everywhere that it feels like we, we like one big legion. And, and if we do win, we will have multi simulcasted parades all over the, all over the globe uh, celebrating the Browns. And I think, and to be truthful, I think America will root for us because they do know we've been through a lot. I would 100% root unless, unless the line was tasty enough for the other right. team. Then I, then I would just take the other team. Um, the LeBron thing. So if, if they don't fix game five of the 2016 finals and suspend Draymond, um, and you never win the title that year, what's the psyche of the, of the Cleveland fans at that point? LeBron no, leaves. He never, he never took care of business. He leaves. And now he's on the Lakers and then he wins in 2020 and you guys still haven't won anything since 1964. Is it like just way darker? Like does the mood of the city just feel different? What happens? It's so crazy about LeBron. It's, it, it's it, when, when I try to tell people and explain people how, what it is like on the ground, it's, it's almost being like when he came back and he won, um, it was like one of the greatest things I've ever seen, uh, you know, playing Steph Curry and, and how good they were. Um, they, we won that championship. And I think that it was so devastating because after that happened, there had already started to be rumors and whispers that Kyrie wanted out. And the, it, the, the machine was already working and mm. us. So at that point in time, like we're, we're little old Midwest Cleveland, right? You're in Boston. So you know how this thing works. Y'all right. was the first people detailing the max players and how they move. And you yeah. guys were in the cutting forefront of the way the player movement was working. So you guys understood that we never saw it coming. It was, it was totally outside the realm of our possibility that we are saying we just beat one of the best teams ever. LeBron came back and we came back from 3-1 and it was already working behind the scenes that we were going to lose Kyrie. And so as that season goes along, it we never even really got a chance to celebrate because soon after that, the 17th season comes around and the Warriors go get Kevin Durant and they just dropped a nuclear bomb on everybody. And it was like, yeah. We were delusional in our little space. It was like two weeks after you won the title, right? All of a sudden, Durant's on the Warriors. And, and, and then it was just done. It was like, yeah. there was no, if you play basketball or if you know the game, there was no way anybody was beating them. And, yeah. and so Durant came that kind of, uh, you know, you know, pulled Kyrie a, away a little bit. And, 
And then that thing kind of developed. And then it was one of the things where we looked at LeBron for staying so long. We were like, yo, is LeBron come back or leaving? We couldn't even prepare for the Kyrie leaving because, and I mean, to me, one of, one of the LeBron's best acts was, I think it was the 2018 LeBron. Yeah, was when he beat the Celtics in game yes. seven. Yeah, he was I, amazing. He, I mean, the way he maestroed that thing, um, the way he just... I, I mean, one of those things, you, you don't really understand it until you watch it. But this guy didn't have nobody. He had Larry Nance Jr. and J.R. Smith. And, yeah, and Tristan Thompson. Yeah, he, he, he had, had those guys. But the way he came in game seven and, and was like, hold on, let me control the pace. I'm down six. And he, LeBron does this cool little thing where he's like, oh, man, he's keeping it close. He's keeping it close. And then all of a sudden, you look up, he's up four with like three minutes left. And you're like, what the heck happened? He just morphed in front of us. He had game-winning shots against the Raptors that series. Yeah. I think he he played well. He, he against the Raptors, he beat some in game seven. And by the way, by I'm the way, he played I, all 48 in game seven against the Celtics. And guess what? That game one against the Knicks, or not the Knicks, the game one against the Warriors. The, Warriors, the 51. That was his best game. That was the best game. They, 50, yeah, I think that's his best game. The, without the charge, without the return to the charge, which I think LeBron got there. I just watched the game over about two weeks ago. If you say he can go in there and steal game one against the greatest team ever assembled, in my opinion, that I've seen yeah. play, um, that's just something to be, behold. But I think well, it I th was like a double loss because they they probably should have won. So now it's like, all right, we got to beat these guys five times in a seven game series. That's never happening. Like he knew he, it was done when they lost game one. He he punched the wall and, and yeah. broke his hand and, and he knew he had he you know there was a small little sliver of where he could go um, and how he could do that and and he did it um, and they just lost the game and I think he knew he was leaving from that point but yeah. as far as the, it, it goes with the fans we kind of it was a whirlwind like I think and he did we did LeBron said it before um, he kind of he kind of uh, you know spoils you a little bit. Because at that point, we were on a stage where we were only going to finals. It was just a foregone conclusion. We'd yeah. be there with the Warriors at the end of the season. He turns around and leaves. And then I think after that happens, we start to look and focus at our other teams and say, okay, well, what do we have here? And we realize the Cavs are going to have to rebuild again. We realize the Guardians aren't going to spend any money, but that's a whole nother program. Uh, we're going <laughs> to get to that. <laughs> and then we got, the, we got our Browns. And... At that point, the Browns, I think, were starting to come around a little bit. We had Baker. Baker brought a, a jolt of energy to the city. I um, mean, you know, he just he was that guy. So I, that's the biggest thing I've learned in this in this talk so far is that I didn't realize Baker was that pos popular to the bitter end. Oh, still is still. Listen, people, there were guys. There were guys last year. We started Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, and I was talking. I think he worked with you. Uh, Jay Crawford is is on our show yeah. as well. And Jay's like, "Look, if Baker beat Baker's going to win the starting job in, in in Carolina, there were actual Browns fans that drove down to Carolina to watch Baker, and was like, and had the jerseys on and everything. That's unbelievable. Uh, what did they What did they like? What was What resonated with Baker? What was it? Uh, well, well, so what resonated with Baker was he, he's kind of it's like kind of like our country, right? Right. He he was a guy who he wasn't a quarterback. He wasn't one of those button up guys. He told you how it was. He was a guy's guy. He drank beers. He he said how he felt and said and felt how he said. And 
to a certain extent, he came along the time period where we had just left one in 31 with Hugh Jackson. You know, one of the darkest periods in, in our in the history of the Browns. And he was the guy to give you a little bit of confidence. He gave you a little bit of swagger. He said, nah, listen, I'm not going to take it. It's us versus everybody. And so that resonated. And on top of that, he won. Mm. So he did things other people. He won, you know, he broke the rookie passing record. He uh, eventually got to a point where the one year the coach Stefanski did win during the COVID year, coach of the year, he goes into Pittsburgh and they put it on Pittsburgh like we've never seen. You know, it, it, the game ended ended up being close, but at one point in time, it's twenty eight nothing in the first quarter, and we're sitting around locked in our in our houses, not going anywhere. Like I can't believe going my nuts. Cleveland Browns are doing this to Big Ben. We made Pouncey retire. Wow, <laughs> it sounds like we need a Baker Mayfield Cleveland thirty for thirty. Let's get it, the documentary crew for the comeback. It, 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 it'll start with those beer coolers. We had one a game. We were one in 31. Tyrod Taylor. Uh, it was a Monday mm. or it was a Thursday night. I think it was Thursday night. Tyrod Taylor's playing against uh, Jeff, uh, Sam Darnold. And Tyrod gets hurt. Uh, he gets injured. Baker comes in, throws a rope down the middle to Jarvis Landry. He catches the ball. Uh, they do the Philly, uh, the Philly special. Baker catches the Philly special touchdown. And... Basically, this this at the stadium they're running a promotion that where they had these beer coolers filled with beers, and when the Browns would win, they were going to open the beer coolers, and it had been almost two years since we won. They win their game coming back in comeback fashion. The beer coolers open. Baker Mayfield is now like he's John. He's a god. <laughs> he's John Snow. He's the king of the north. <laughs> he's riding in on his dire wolf. It's crazy. Like he's the man, and that and the crazy part about it was. That was like the high point. Like it was here. Like you couldn't yeah. have told us we didn't find it. And he got hurt, injured. He got hurt. Uh, you know, the team kind of turned on him. You know, it just, it was evident that he needed to go somewhere else to start over. And I think one of the things that you, you, you will see in the backdrop of everything going on is this. It's, it's, you know, you don't never really know what you got to is gone. Cause I remember coming up and a lot of people talking about Bernie, right? And now Bernie's one of my good friends and he's a, he's a hero because we've had nothing since him. So in the same way of Baker Mayfield, people loved him because he gave him something to, to think about and get through um, during the tough times. But Deshaun Watson is coming in at a, a very, uh, it's a difficult task, but I think he's the best quarterback they've had. He has the most talent. Um, And I do think that the Cleveland Browns, this unit is rallying around him. I think this year he's more of a, a captain figure than he was last year. I don't think he could have led that way last year, but this year I, I think he gets it. What you just laid out made me almost certain that Baker Mayfield, when he retires from football, comes back to Cleveland and has like a 25 year media career. Uh, what you mean? Like, lock it down. He, Baker on Fox uh, college football. I think Baker Mayfield is a star. Like I, I, I could see him doing like you know the, the the Fox Game Day shows or whatever the case may be. He's a star yeah. on the screen. There's, you can't get around that. Like so, if you watch him, that that's part of, I guess you know having that it factor. Um, people want to watch Baker. I think he he's a he's a slam dunk star on TV. All right, before we go, can you give me your Cavs prediction? for this season in 40, 45 seconds. What, what are you 40, expecting? All right. 
45 seconds. Um, uh, Donovan Mitchell, this is a big year from him. From him. I like Imani Bates. Um, I actually is it, love Imani wait, Bates. Wait, is it a big Donovan Mitchell year because he completely shit the bed in the playoffs? Oh, no, because I think he's completely not going to be here after next year. Like, All right, I, so I, you're signing up on that because that's yeah, been, he, yeah, he's that's not, been he's the whisper campaign for a while. Yes, he's not He's not going to be here. Um, I think they, they signed up with that knowing that. I do like the Niang, George Niang. I like Struis. I like they need some shooters. They need some uh, guys that can spread the floor. Little uh, concerned about Jared Allen playing four big or, you know, stretch four. He's not a, a guy that can spray the floor. I'm also concerned about Mobley. We've been talking about he's a unicorn. I need to get him better than 27% behind the three-point arc. I want to see more of that. I want to see more dribbling to the basket. Um, I think he may play better without Allen. I'm not sure. Um, I think I love Darius Garland. I think he can take another step forward. You know, playing two small guards is kind of eh. But what I will say is I think this team can be anywhere from a one to a five. Um, I would expect them to get past the first round this year. Um, and then from there, it's just all about how, how well they play in the playoffs at that point in time. Maybe they have enough shooting, but um, I would pick them somewhere between one and five. I think the ceiling is a number three seed in the East. So why wouldn't they just trade Mitchell now if you think he's going in a year? I think I think they don't like the packages that they could get back. If you trade him now, also, I don't think they would trade him because I think that would signal that they made a mistake. I think if you trade him now, it basically says, yeah, we screwed up and we thought we were better than we were, but we just kind of, uh, you know, he was available. We got him. See if it worked. It didn't work. Now we're going to have to trade him pennies on a dollar. So I think they're willing to ride it out because they believe that Mobley can be a unicorn. And if they lose him for, I wouldn't say free, but if they lose him, and don't um, really get much for him. I think that they can really save face because Mobley will be good. Garland, who's already locked up. Yeah, all that matters is Mobley and Garland. But I wonder, I just wonder if the Knicks would get frisky and jump in and just try to get him. And you're basically taking all the picks you gave up and getting a bunch of them back. You, RJ Barrett and, and quick. Yeah, and, and you're getting a bunch of stuff back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. This by the way, was by fun. the way, before we go, Bill, I had to shout out to your daughter who goes to Emerson College, correct? Yes. Uh, my, my producer on Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, Mikey McNuggets, he's a former basketball player there. So he said, shout out to uh, the Emerson people. Like he's, <laughs> He knew good. I said, how long did you do research for that, Mikey? You know what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> so I shout out to Emerson College, right? I, I love the shout out to Emerson. Uh, all right. So Brown's final prediction, you're going playoffs. Oh, playoffs. Sounds like you're playoffs. Okay. All right. I'm a playoffs guy. All right, just um, let's leave 11, it there. 12, I don't want you to jinx anything. Let's just say, all right, they're going to be one of the seven playoff teams. All right, there we go. We'll take one of the playoffs, man. All right. If you uh, enjoyed hearing Garrett, tell us where we can find you. You can find me, um, you know, I'm on uh, Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show every single uh, every single day, Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. You catch me on my barbershop show, radio show, 92.3 The Fan, WKRKFM in Cleveland, Ohio. I'm on there Saturdays from 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. Catch it on the Odyssey app. You can follow me uh, on Twitter at GBush91. And, of course, you can find um, some of my work uh, on the Bleacher Report as a uh, Browns content contributor over there as well. So appreciate you, Bill, and uh, thanks. Big fan of your work, and I hope to talk to you soon again. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, Bill. All right, that's it for the podcast. Thanks to Danny Heifetz, Danny Kelly, and Craig Korolbeck. Thanks to Garrett Bush. Thanks to Kyle Creighton and Steve Cerruti for producing as well. Don't forget to check out Strike Force 5. It is launching later this week. Don't forget about the new rewatchables as well. And I will see you on this feed on Thursday. It is part one 
of the annual NFL Over-Unders pod with our friend, Cousin Sal. Oh yeah, baby. We are back. See you Thursday. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG. In Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia, you can call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona. Call 1-888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or Call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.